And now, it's time for Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone. Good morning, y'all. This is Gray Birchall from Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. I'm here with my good buddy, Zach Sturm. I'm also with Tommy and Amy Radinsky. And we're talking about the Old Salt King of the Beach Fall Tournament. So, uh, Tommy, we were talking a little bit about what happens with this fish, these fish, excuse me, there'll be lots of them, uh, these fish after they're weighed in, because I know that it goes to a good cause, and I wanted you to expand expand on that. Yeah, so each fish so each fish is tagged with the, the captain's number on the boat number. Cool. Those tags stay on the fish. Uh, we have a uh, Madeira Beach Fish House on site, certified, um, and what they do is they take the fish. Um, it goes into the market. They also check the fish with those. The numbers stay on there. So in case they do open up a stomach mm-hmm. and find something later. Right. They can, they can tell can, us. They can tell us. And yeah. we know. Which, knock on wood, we've never had a problem. <laughs> um, you know, so. And then th- those proceeds come back and go to our charities as well. So awesome. Uh, so they're going to a good cause. Yeah, it's, it's We're a, one of the few tournaments that are actually permitted by the state for resale. Because yeah. that's, you know, now there's new processes. It goes, you can't just sell fish. So Right. And oh, yeah. It's a complicated process. Mm-hmm. I have a few friends that are, you know, have commercial licenses and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it. No, very, um, very much so. And it's and what's cool about our fish is that just like we were talking about, because people, the brining thing, they, they right. do take way better care of these fish mm-hmm. than most fish are out, that are out there. Right. You know, because they, they don't want to lose uh, an ounce uh, of weight, yeah, <laughs> right? Weight, you know, right. has made the difference in this event. So it's so the, the fish is very, very high quality. Uh, a lot of times too, we have you know throughout the years, FWC and and National Marine Fisheries both have been out there mm-hmm. doing odorless studies. That's every couple of years we do that. Um, you know, so we keep up our scientific side of things that we've always been supportive of uh, to just make sure that our fishery is solid and and what's going on. Well, and that's something that we actually have um, have talked about a lot on this show is uh, just marine sciences and, you know, the Gulf Council and all those kind of things and collecting the data. And, you know, what's happened is, you know, it's sort of opened up the angler to be more accepting of some of the things that they have to do in order to maintain the fishery. Yeah, um, and, and it is. And, and don't, I mean, you know, everybody's like, I don't want to tell them the data. You tell them the data. Give us the data. We need the data. I mean, it's right. Old Salt was actually founded. Old Salt is actually an acronym. It stands for Operation Loop Development Suncoast mm-hmm. Anglers Loop Tournament. That's right. And it was in conjunction. Nashville Fisheries. It's a the, great acronym, by yeah. the way. It really <laughs> is. And it, it started out as a as a uh, um, an expedition to survey the loop current. Um, you know, a billfish tournament actually founded Old Salton. And at the time, it was, uh, Nash Marine Fisheries didn't even exist yet. It was just, it was in conjunction with NOAA. And they actually pulled some of our boat guys' boats out, and they had fuel barges offshore. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did water testing and water samples and, and different, you know, looked at the pelagics and different things that were out there. You know, so it, it, the history of it is cool and how it all started. So, I mean, we we want to maintain that as we as we go through our into our 50th and i imagine you know when you've got a fishery like that you know this loop this loop current being so far offshore and uh, you know that is just like the gulf stream is out of you know like you know five miles off of palm beach or you know five miles off of miami or or whatever you know you've got this fishery that's really hard to get to 
but also just amazing when you get there. And I can't even imagine what it's like. I haven't been there. I'd like to go. Uh, you know, I fished plenty of, out of, you know, the other places I just mentioned in South Florida, but it's a different world because South Florida, you have a million boats out there all the time. So I imagine when you make that trek, you you run into some really cool stuff and some things you'd probably never see anywhere else. Oh, we've had, I mean, you, you, when you look at the loop current and even in the bill, in the, in the loop itself, it, it's an untapped fishery, like you're saying. Well, the pressure's not there. 100%. I mean, just like on what Gray's saying, I know that when we go out a lot, I mean, we'll, we'll usually we're, you know, fishing our range for our grouper and snapper and stuff like that. And the range, you know, 120 feet, 100, 100 to 120 feet. But then we want to go out and, you know, the fishery, once you get into that 300 plus feet, is fantastic. We've gone out deep dropping and, you know, four to 600 feet. Man, I've caught some of the best dolphin ever, and I tell you what, Tommy, they, I, I remember I threw a plug at one of them and cast it with a trolling reel, and he ate that son of a gun up, and it was one of the best fish I've ever got. It, it's amazing that that's how your beginning, you know, started. Look what you guys have become. It's it's cool. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, and we were able to have the loop this year, um, it, which was great. That was actually the first event we were able to come back with. Um and it, the sword fishery we have, the wahoo fishery, the dolphin fishery, the tuna fishery. Uh, I mean, the, most of our, uh, several of our boats. We weighed a 300-pound swordfish this round. Wow. I mean, just a monster, you know. And it's yeah. just, the sword fishery, is it's come back extremely <clears throat> strong. Um, you know, this year in particular, a lot of our guys lost a lot of their blues because they were huge. <laughs> Too big. I mean, Crazy. some of the videos we saw were just in incredible with just the, the bill slashing, you know, that leader line and just watching it tear apart inside of the boat. It's, it's good to touch, see. You and, you know, know, blue marlin have become so rare in other parts of the state. Um, and that's, I, you know, you, you wonder how to handle them. And, of course, killing them has become very uh, taboo now at this point. Nobody really does that anymore. And you have to have a, a highly migratory species permit and all these other things. Uh, to make sure that you're not going to, um, you know, tap that fishery. Uh, and it's a special thing to catch a blue marlin. And I've only caught one in my life. Uh, it was about 75 pounds. It was a baby. Oh. Uh, my God, it fought so hard. And we were catching sailfish all day long that were twice its size. Were you off um, the East Coast when you did it? No, we were in um, Costa Rica. Huh. And, uh, you know, it was, it got to the point where it's like, oh, it's another sailfish, like whatever, <laughs> you know, it's just like that over there, you know? And, um, of course, once again, untapped fishery, less fishing pressure. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it makes a big difference into what kind of performance you're going to get out of that fishery. But, you know, blue marlin, when it comes to the way they fight, I would say a fail, a sailfish fights like it knows it's going to get a picture taken <laughs> and a blue marlin fights like it knows you're going to kill it. <laughs> so, that's actually a great description yeah it's just a different world and a 75 pound blue marlin just worked our asses compared to a bunch of sailfish we caught that day um of course the captain treated it completely different too once they figured out it was a marlin because they they want to be able to brag we went out on we went out on a boat it was a charter um that was the number it was the runner-up in the sailfish tournament on the week before so uh it was a really really great experience and i'm, I'm glad i was able to do it but i would i've always wanted to do um this loop current fishing and everything like that. And I, I've also heard that the tuna fishing out there, of course, is crazy. Um, I know that we have, you know, other friends of ours have, have gone out and caught big yellow fins and stuff like that. And I've heard even bluefin tuna breed out there. They oh, spawn yeah. out there. 
So um, we've had several of the, the yellowfin weighed. In fact, we weighed a 140 pound one this just last you know yeah. August. So. <clears throat> That's an awesome fish. Yeah, Amy skipped right over the sailfish thing and went right to the blue marlin. Yeah, she she's you know one of the lucky ones. I, yeah, I caught a blue marlin in nice. Costa Rica as well. How big was it? About 220 pounds. So it makes mine look like a tiny little baby. <laughs> That's not even fair. A greyhound right at the boat. They had to, they had to go into some evasive maneuvers so it didn't end up in the in back the boat. of the boat. Oh, oh my gosh, one of those. Yeah. I've seen some viral videos of that with people dumping a blue marlin scary, in the back yeah. of the boat with the like coming over the side over the side of the boat. Oh, yeah. That is scary. That that fish could do a lot of damage to some people. Real real yeah. fast, yeah. real fast. So it's but amazing I had stand stuff. up gear on, so at least I could have moved out of the way, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, I heard a story one time about a kid who got jammed in the literally had a marlin uh, bill hit him in, in the, the back face of the throat. Oh, yeah, and he got oh. had to go to a hospital like in Panama or Costa Rica or somewhere like that, which would be a little weird. With the bill sticking out. Um, <laughs> it, I guess it had come out, but he had to go in. And all he needed was stitches in the back of his throat. But, I mean, think about how lucky he got. Oh, that's crazy. You know, yeah. how lucky he got. Because that could have gone right through him. I mean, just. just oh, it, yeah. Absolutely. Just, just he could have been dead right there and, you know, in a foreign country. Yeah. So, um, not, not a good time, right? No. <laughs> so, that, that turns a vacation. Yeah. What are you looking for? No, it isn't. Vacation but, going sideways quick. But, hey, you know, um, it can happen to any of us anytime. So, but I'll tell you guys, um, it's something that's you know near and dear to my heart is you know bill fishing and 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 going you know to new places and learning new things and the uh the loop the loop uh what is the loop current tournament what's the, the official name of it because i've always been super interested in the it. old salt loop billfish release tournament okay he added released it recently cool yeah well, it's it's amazing yeah. i i'm i i gotta do it sometime yeah and we we definitely will we have been as a lot of you know that are listeners we are s- big center console and little center console, and even sometimes flats boats, fishermen in the Tampa Bay area, uh, the big sport fish and a lot of folks that you're getting in these tournaments. Uh, we can't wait until we're on that level because that is the epitome of sport fishing. You know, that is the premium. And, uh, you know, you guys starting with a tournament like that really explains why King of the beach has gotten as far as it is. I mean, you guys are number one there. Um, I, I think that with the spring tournament canceling the way that it did, it opened up a good uh, opportunity for the fall. And I think it's going to rekindle the momentum that has been behind the King of the Beach tournament because we had the whole closure for you guys to work painstakingly to figure out how to make this tournament work and still be quality because everything you do is quality. And I think that those of you that get the chance to actually fish this tournament, come to the weigh-in, and watch everything go down with the, even with the, uh, the tournament award ceremony being on the Sunday like you're doing, I think people are going to look at it and be like, damn, I should have been there if they, if they don't make it, you know? Well, that's it, and that's a, that's a, a huge thing for us right now. I mean, it, you need to be there. I mean, bottom line, if you're in the fishing community here, you should be involved. Well, and like Zach was saying, I think, you know, there's going to be a bottleneck of demand to go do this. And so I'm hoping that that you guys have a huge turnout as a result of that. And of course, also the result of everybody, you know, you can't get a boat, you can't buy a boat right now. Like the pure demand for boats is insane uh, and, and, and everything. So it's the last thing you can do, right? It's like the only thing left. Well, that would be an, an actual good ending to 2020. It would be, it would be. So. You know, that's, that's, that's what I pray for is that you guys have a monster turnout and, uh, 
I think it's going to make a, you know, like I said, that bottleneck of, of interest and desire to go do something fun is, is going to make that much of a difference. So, you know, let me ask you this, uh, Tommy, Amy, what is the, um, when you're talking about the award ceremony, what is the largest kingfish that you all have seen weighed in the tournament so far in your memory? Pretty sure it was the 65-pounder. That's a good one. Caught by... Manny Galileo. No. no? Breezy. Oh, yeah. He, Manny, yeah, Manny did get beat. Yeah, he did. He, he, held, it for, he held it for a long time. He had they, That was before boundaries, though. Okay. So that was... Uh, Breezy caught his in boundaries. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So in the most it, recent it years. It go any direction. 65 yeah. pounds, a big, that's a big one. It was a big year. I mean, the fish that season that ran, all of them were big. We had 50s, we had 40s. I mean, normally we're in the 30 to 50 range. This right. was 40 to 60 for sure that year. It was crazy. What was the, uh, you know, you don't have to know the number off the exact top of your head, but last fall, what was the, around what was the size? I know that's a like odd, like an oddball question, but it could be. I, I want to say it was 42 pounds. Yeah. But we'd have to ask Jim Nassett. I can't remember. That's right. He was the winner last year, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Jim Nassett Pro Marine, one of our fine sponsors there. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, they, they got a beautiful fish too. You know yeah. what I mean? Just, he seems to do really well every year. It's, uh, at least I, I hear that name a lot. When yeah. It comes to the king, king this, was the, world. He, he, this was the first time he's ever won King of the Beach. Right. And that's, he said that was one of the best titles that he's actually got. So yeah. it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, mo mostly. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, if you want to win one out there, it's the king of the beach because it's it is the everyday guy. You are wrangled in. You don't have to have trips. You don't have to have any of that other stuff. Right. You know, and and it, it's preparation. I mean, if you're gonna do anything, then I can tell you to really put in some time, be prepared when you get out there, know who's who's doing what job, and and fish and have fun while you're doing it. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. So y'all have fished it a lot of times, obviously, before you were uh, the president of the tournament and, and everything yeah. like when that. We ran it in the beginning. Yeah, that got to be too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, what was your what was your preferred method? I mean, I don't want to give away secrets or anything, but I mean, you're kind of you're kind of uh, you're out there. But what was your preferred method that y'all got you know the best results out of? that you'd probably pass on to someone who wants to get into this and, and figure out a way to catch a big king? I mean, really, it's just, I mean, for us, it was really the, the slow, slow trolling. Runners. Yeah, the slow, the straight up there slow trolling. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've done, we've done all of it, you know, I mean, obviously. I but, I've caught some cool stuff on blue runners. But, you know, every fish that's been cut open, though, all have little, like, small greenbacks and thread fins in them. Yeah. That we, when all our scientists are out there, it's, it's amazing. They just want to eat. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, and, and if you present the, the bait in front of the right fish, it's going to eat. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, guys, you heard it here first. That is some pretty, I say, pretty good information for anybody wanting to fish this tournament coming up here. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Uh, Gray and I will be back with Tommy and Amy right after. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On now, back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. This is Captain Zach Sturm. I'm here with my good friend Gray Birchall and Tom and Amy Verdensky of the Old Salt Fishing Foundation. You may know them. They put on the King of the Beach tournament for us twice a year in Tampa Bay. We've been cutting up with them, having a good time. How are you guys doing this morning? Oh, we're having a great time. You, you, you tired yet? 
Oh, no, we're good to go. We got plenty left in us. Well, you know, I, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about the some of the sponsors that you guys have for this tournament are phenomenal. And I just love the way that they tie in for fishing. Um, you know, with the Tampa Bay area, Amy, we were talking about this during the break, being such a great tourism destination. Um, I wanted you to mention one of your big sponsors for this tournament because it's really nice to hear that they're putting that, you know, putting that love into the community that needs to be had right now. Yes. Yeah, so um, Visit St. Pete Clearwater um, sponsors us, and um, it's a great organization, and they take our tax dollars and actually make them work for us in our area. And um, it's great to know that they value fishing as well. So they do a good job for us, and um, we have lots of other ones as well. <laughs> good. Well, um, you know, Gray here, by the way. I'm, I'm back. Um, but, uh, you know, a couple of things that have, have gone on, of course, the economic impact we were just talking about of the area and what this tournament means. And, um, you know, we, we were in a break and we were talking a little bit about just, just some studies that have been done and what it means to the, the local area. So what did that come up with? And, and you said it was kind of a, a simple, basic study. So. It was, it was, it was a simple, basic study, uh, that, that was through visit and it, you know, it came back at over $7 million economic wow. impact locally. Right. Um, and like I said, they're not using multipliers. They're not using, you know, crazier things out there. This is, this is true nuts and bolts. Right. And when you talk, I mean, even with you guys on the other side with TM, TM Mahoney's and all that, I mean, we got guys that put on extra staff during right. the king of the beach Absolutely. i mean it, it's just you know it's one of those events that you know like, people are fishing for days they're they're not only buying fuel buying tackle buying bait i mean it's just they might get their boat fixed first the, uh, service is a you big know? thing and, yeah. and a, a lot of times service after the fact is yeah. a big thing yeah you might find something <laughs> out about your boat while you're out there you know i have to i have to admit you know sometimes you have to find something to pull that boat which is why they go to rivard buick gmc big congratulations to my little brother on his new vehicle we just got that old curtis green seats yandel sold it to him so he got a great deal yeah, it does. It does affect the economy in a, a profound way. Oh, it is, and it, and, it, and it's great to see. And it's the local economy. It's our it's our local guys uh, that that continue to support us and make a difference. Best Fishing Center, you know, one of our one of our premier sponsors. Um, you got guys like Pro Marine. They, yeah. you know, not, not only that, Jim won the event last year. You know, it's great to see a sponsor, you know, come up and, and say, like I said, hey, it, it's the one to win. Uh, you know, we talked about only the king gets the ring, you know. No. That's right. So, yeah. I mean, Jim, you know, we've got a club out there, and, and if you walk around the field, you'll see them with that ring on their finger. Tell, tell us about the ring. I'm I'm curious about this thing. I want you to describe it for the listeners. So, it's, it's, a, it's basically a... College ring. Yeah, basically like you would get from your from your local... I was going to say a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it is a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. You know. Because this is like the Super Bowl of kingfish. It is. Absolutely. So, it, it, yeah. it's... Uh, it's got a uh, typically dependent on it. A typically blue stone. It's got a kingfish that's three D underneath of it. Um, it's the year. the year that the fish was caught. It's etched, and then the team's names on it, and then the weight of the fish. Awesome. Um, and it, so it's obviously it's a chunky, chunky piece chunky. of jewelry. So I understand there's probably a ring floating around out there that has less than a thirty pound fish on it. Is what we were just talking about. There, there was yeah one yeah, year was. a, a twenty six pounder was won the king of the beach. You know yeah. and that was uh, like I said. So it, it is you know we keep talking about that. It is anybody's game. Right. Yeah. You know, Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Well, it's hard because that fish was under thirty pounds, and that's a first and only 
record in that that you know, yeah but, but the low got, record hey yeah, i'll take it that's that you know if it pays me i'll take it so like uh, i said it's the only king gets the ring and you know, like you you weigh every fish i mean right. that is the key you, because if you had a tough day more than likely so did everybody else you right. know i've had guys you know that watch a lot the watching live stream and going are you kidding like they're at home and they're like we didn't we didn't weigh you know yeah. we've been fifth place we've been tenth place you know that that makes a difference the calcutta's and twt's optional entry fees make a huge difference as well well you, you know and just like we were talking about before guys i mean those of you listening at home this is going to be the tournament to enter the way that they have everything set up it's still going to be a fun time on saturday they're they've taken every precaution for covid to make sure everything's legal everything's good but it still allows with that big area. There's going to be a lot of people there. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be kingfish. And that's the last thing you want to be doing is watching Gray and I hosting, you know, on the live stream and saying, damn it, we went fishing that day. We hooked into a pretty nice solid 30-pound king around Egmont Key, you know, on, on our, our club boat or bay boat or whatever. And if you would have just chipped in with your buddies, put that $295 towards the entry fee, you could be walking home with tens of thousands of dollars potentially. You know, yep. it's 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 king of the beach. I mean, that's why you guys are number one. Uh, and that's what it's about. Like I said, we want everybody to be able to, to be able to play in the game, to have a good time. Like I said, the camaraderie with the, and to take care of your family. You know, like you said, we we do have some some you know drinks out there as well. Tito's is a big sponsor of ours. Reef donkey's uh, a little better in my book. A little reef donkey. Yeah, that that's Sammy's favorite fish to catch. I, I, by I the way, I, it's, 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 well, and it's also your and, you are a Jack Slayer though. Yes, I mean you like AJ's. I oh, do. Yeah. My They're fun. Fish. They're fun. They what, dig and run. Yeah. What's the uh, what's your in the tournament? What's the heaviest one you weigh? Eighty nine pounds. Eighty nine. And I bet you were pretty tired after that happened. Yes, huh? and it was actually an epic day because there was three girls on the boat and we had a ninety eight. 89 and the 63 so we swept the entire thing it was sweet yeah wow. you, you know it was sweet as how tired my ass was because i was the only person on the on the damn boat because my uh mate did not show that day oh, so it was uh they yeah. girls and one guy and i'm gonna yeah. tell you right now it was we had a system and uh, it, i thought we caught the wreck because it spun the boat around it, because one person was supposed to drop oh yeah move to the other okay. side of the boat catch the fish you know we had a plan yeah Nobody stuck to the plan once everybody started eating and it literally spun the boat around. It was, it was, it was very cool, but you know, you know, it, it's, it's all about the community here with us and it's, and it's, you know, we couldn't do it without like guys like Master Engine Center been with us from like almost day one with the organization. And, and now they get, they've got the Suzuki repower centers out there and, and first place single engine, you know, is a, is a 200 re, uh, horsepower re, uh, repower, yeah, you know, $16,000. It's awesome. You know, you, you just can't do it like that. It's just, uh, you know, we get guys from up on the North end at uh, Tom George yacht group, uh, yeah. you know, that, that supports us up on that side. And my favorite is all those fancy buckets that you guys get at, at check-in. I love the buckets. Single source provides those for us. So they're, you know, they offer insurance, but I will tell you, they give you some of the best buckets. Well, you, you know, one thing about those buckets from King of the Beach, and a lot of you guys probably know this already, that you see those buckets on everybody's boats, everybody that's fishing inshore, everyone's fishing offshore. You see them, people are putting their cast nets in them. They're putting chum in them when, the, you know, it. It's one of those things. Those boats really follow everybody in the fishing community, or those buckets follow the boats of everyone in the fishing community around. 
for the most part. <laughs> we, we actually started it back in our 20th anniversary. Really? Seven years ago, so that means 14 King of the Beaches have had to have pockets <laughs> now. And I've seen some of the old ones still around, still in use on those boats. That's amazing. And now, the listeners, just so you know, um, make sure that you get in because those buckets are still going to be packed with all kinds of swag for the entrance of the tournament this year. So don't think just because there's a little bit of a different, uh, I, I guess, weigh-in event and stuff on you know Saturday and Sunday. We're still going to have an awesome time on Saturday. We're going to have that camaraderie. You're going to get the swag that you're used to. Um, I think a lot of you are going to be surprised how awesome this really is going to be. I hate calling it limited because it's really not going to be that limited. No, it's not. I mean, and that's and that's what we're trying. Like I said, we're trying to bring back as much normalcy as we possibly can, um, because that's what's important, really, with the fishing community in general. Um, I just think that that's you know to get that camaraderie and, and to get everything rolling, you know. And the fishery's strong right now. I mean, like I said, we, the guys are catching fish right now. We're we're only just just over what two weeks out. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, it should be good. You know, we look forward to the good weather and, and, and good fishing and just good camaraderie and, you know, have good times with it. It's just, but. Uh, well, you know. and, you know, um, and you mentioned the fishery is good right now. Uh, and before the break, we talked about y'all catching your best king on a blue runner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just what, slow trolling a blue runner, probably bump trolling bump it kind trolling, of deal. Yeah. yeah, bump trolling it, which. For the listener out there that's just getting started fishing, what we mean by bump trolling is you just knock the engine in and out of gear. Uh, just, you know, just just keep the boat just moving just a little bit uh, just so that bait is suspended out there behind the boat. And you want to make sure that your lines stay tight because if you don't do that, you'll find yourself with a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're trolling, that's the main name of the game is to keep your lines tight uh, and, and everything. But, uh, but bump trolling is always a good way. Uh, and what I've always found is, um, you know, if you find a wreck or, you know, somewhere, the relief area where, uh, you know, you might find some small kings. Uh, I've always had better luck if I move about 100 yards off of it to find that big king because he's, he's out there patrolling oh, the edge. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to give too many secrets away because we're going to be using them. But at the same time, I want you guys to be engaged and uh, be paying attention because, you know, if I don't win it, if Zach and I don't win it, I want somebody that's listening to the show to win it to be able to say, hey, I learned that from Tampa Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Well, if we actually do have the privilege of winning this year, I think it's going to be pretty damn funny because, I I mean, how are we going to announce ourselves the winners at King of the Beach? I think that'd be a first in the tournament's history. I think it would definitely make the live stream probably pretty interesting <laughs> if you knew that that 50 was on the boat. Yeah, we might get a few customers. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. You know, we'll have to watch that slightly, but, you know. I think that's kind of why you stopped fishing it. Well, yeah. Well, that, well I mean, uh, Dan Casey, our vice president, Snappers, Chop House, you know, he he won the event. He had, you know, and what and what he I didn't realize himself as waymaster. You know, ab- absolutely. And what I didn't realize was how stressful he was during the rest of the tournament. While he's sitting right. up there weighing the rest of the fish, thinking, "Oh my God, is this going to hold up?" Yeah. You know, he was like. <laughs> I was freaking out, you know, (laughs) and trying to, you know, it's just, uh, it's stories like that. You know, we had, we've had guys that literally I, we, uh, one of our past, uh, board members, uh, win the event actually ended up second. They knocked them down a second, but they thought they snagged a crab trap back down on the kingfish, which is unheard of. And the thing just sat there, and they just stuck it. Team Fat Boys, way back in the day. I mean, literally right, right outside John's back. That's awesome. You know, just laying there, just like, like just chilling. Yeah. He didn't yeah. even know he was still hooked. He just like whatever. You know, I'm like, you did what? Yeah. Sometimes you know? it's good to not hoss that fish around because uh, when it, you know, when you figure out when they figure out their hook, they put on a lot more, 
lot more fight. You know, so that was bizarre. And, uh, you know, even with uh, um, last year, we had third place, a drone spoon. Guy was, you know, he was like, man, I started getting bored from just dragging baits. And, you know, so when they're still dragging baits, he got up to the bow of the boat, flipping a drone out there, beat up drone to boot, you know, and and that took took third place. He left it in the fish because he's like, nobody's ever going to believe me. Well, and he's just free casting. He's a smart guy because, you know, kingfish, we all know, are real toothy. And uh, I have a rule about when I catch a nice kingfish, I I do leave that plug. If if we caught him on a plug or something like that, I don't want it back for a little while. Uh, I'm not going to fight with a kingfish. (laughs) To get that plug back out of its mouth. Um, yeah. That's how you end up uh, trip ender. Let's go to the hospital. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a you yeah. know Let stitches. Let him sit on ice for a little while. You know, it's yeah. either he, he he's gonna come back and get you because he's still going, or or you know you're gonna end up with that plug in you. It, exactly. You know? <laughs> you know that that brings me Tommy and Amy. Uh, what's the uh, I know people get hurt at King of the Beach as far as anglers fishing in a kingfish bite type scenario or something on the boat. What, what's Have you ever heard any stories of any injuries, somebody getting bit or something during one of the tournaments by the kingfish? I've had, we've had a boat, uh, Dirty Laundry, got, they got bit during the event. Uh, most of it's not so much technically getting bit, it's more hooks and hands. You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. when you're running double well, yeah, and triple stinger rigs, <laughs> yeah. uh, we've had several, you know, team members who are like, get back in time for the award ceremony. But they, you know, they had to go to the hospital and get stitches and get something removed from them. Afterward, and, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 go. The rest of the team comes to comes to the weigh-in. I mean, it, it's you know, and, and it's a comical situation at that point. Thank God, you know, we we haven't had any major well, issues. Well, well, if they got hurt, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, we had John Smith and those guys won it one year, and I believe they 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 had hooks in them, you know, and and some of them come to the weigh-in. They're like, we didn't have time. You know, yeah, you know, that's for sure, you know, <laughs> but, but, it, but it's happened and you know, it's, and I mean, after so many years too, it's, it's, you, there's all kinds of story. That'd be a, a King of the Beach unplugged version There you go. to be able to talk about, you know, <laughs> well, it's, uh, I, I suppose it's nothing that you can't get to the way in and have a uh, nice glass of Tito's or a uh, reef donkey fix. That's it. <laughs> right. you know? Well guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to a quick commercial break. After this, we'll be back with more King of the Beach. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Book. Now, back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. This is Captain Zach Sturm. I'm here with Gray Birchall and Tommy and Amy Verdensky of the Old Salt Foundation. We are super excited that the Old Salt Fall King of the Beach is coming up right around the corner, November 7th. Don't miss it. Um, one thing that we wanted to talk about, we have talked about this on the show already, but we have an awesome, awesome giveaway with three prizes, including a carbon fiber bubble blade gaff, a $300 custom Kingfish King Slayer fish bag from Squid Ink Productions, and an Easy Rider beanbag chair, which is great on any boat this time of the year for king fishing. Don't you guys agree? Any time of the year, right? <laughs> right. But uh, just for you all to know, uh, this King of the Beach tournament is going to be one of the best yet. They took extra precautions to make sure it is safe. It's going to be a great event to come out to, enjoy with friends and family, fishing, get the weigh in, come out there, have some drinks, have some food, and weigh your kingfish. It's going to be great. If you register, 
by November 1st, November 1st or beforehand, you're going to be entered to win those three awesome prizes, the beanbag chair, the custom fish bag, and the carbon fiber gaff. Those are going to be amazing. The drawing is going to be live from Old Salt headquarters on November the 2nd, and it's going to be great. So get entered. Tommy, Amy, I'm stoked. You guys are stoked. Yep. Tell the listeners a little bit of a recap about getting ready for King of the Beach, what they need to know, what they may not know. Well, I mean, to get registered right now like to, for that package, you got to jump online at oldsaltfishing.org, uh, get, get yourself registered in. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, the, the different format this year. Again, we just want to remind everybody, since we, since we can't have the captain's party, we're doing a week-long registration here at Old Salt Headquarters um, in St. Pete. And then 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. You can check in anytime and get your bucket, get your boat number, um, and go over anything that you need to with any of us um, as you're checking in. You know, I want to talk about the bucket just one more time because the bucket just absolutely pumps me up. And and there's so many like good discounts and coupons and stuff like that. And then of course, you know, the just swag and stuff that comes with it. Uh, you know, when you get to the bottom of that bucket. It's just a lot of fun. Like, know what you're and, gonna find in there. Yeah, and, it's like um, a box of chocolates. It is. So, um, what's you know what kind of stuff are you guys stuffing in the buckets this year? Um, well, I think we have some little mini Tito bottles, but Ooh, uh, okay. So adults only. It's yeah, adults yeah. Only. yeah. Make sure we're giving that bucket out to the right person. Now, is that going to be for hand sanitizer, or is that going to be for <laughs> this, is for, this, is, this is for? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we could, we have some shirts, jacuzzi cups. There's all kinds of offers from our sponsors inside that bucket. So awesome! You know, stuff comes into the very last day, so it's you know, and that's one of the great things with all our sponsors that are out there. You know, they do support the anglers. You know, and get to that information. You know, get information out there. It's yeah. not just paperwork. Yeah. You know, I mean, we want we want some you know quality stuff in there. And you never know, you might find a you know. A coupon for fifty percent off some Maui sunglasses. Well, I think yeah, you did, yeah. didn't you? Well, I yeah. That's so. Last year, uh, when we fished the fall uh, King of the Beach, which was the last one that happened, um, that bucket we got our bucket, and you know the team were all standing around, and I reached down in it, and I'm like, oh, that's fifty percent off a pair of Maui gyms, and so I immediately just went, boom, straight over to the stand you guys had out there, and uh, and just bought a pair of Maui gyms like immediately, because to me. I got to say, and we're not sponsored by any sunglass company, but I am a Maui gym. I'm a sucker for Maui gems. Seriously. Too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's, and a lot of people love Costas, but Hey, you know, I'm a sucker for them. Uh, Maui Jim, if you're listening to this, Tampa Bay Fishing Radio and Gray Birchall might want a sponsorship. So just throwing that out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Help. Yeah. From exactly. Hawaii. So, uh, exactly. But, um, no, it's, I, I love the bucket and I'm really glad, um, you know, that, that, all, you know, we're able to do this tournament this year and, you know, the buckets back and all that kind of stuff. Cause that was probably one of the highlights of my tournament last year. It was better than the fish we caught. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, get, getting a pair of Maui gems at a good deal, but you know, there's so much other stuff in there that made sense, uh, for the average angler that's out there looking to purchase some things. And, you know, once again, we back, get back to that, helping the economy, helping the local guys, uh, you know, uh, you know, keep their store going and all that kind of stuff. It just directs the focus in the right direction so they can maintain 
some, you know, some business in such a weird time. So look in the bucket guys. And I know that you, some of y'all be fighting over what's in there. Um, you know, but, uh, who needs what is the real question, you know? You so when yeah. you work it out with your team, work it out. Uh, and there's the right typically plenty to go around in there. You yeah. know, it's, and like I said, it changes all the time and then we'll get stuff, you know, we'll do the bucket stuffing actually is Monday prior to when we, you know, we start and it's a, it's, it's I a feat. Walking in the door at six o'clock and we're to stuff them <laughs> at six o'clock with stuff. With more stuff, like, you know. You just made it. <laughs> So if uh, somebody wins the drawing, you know, for the pre-registration or the early registration and they um, they get like the fish bag or the uh, the beanbag chair, um, uh, you know, like how soon do they get it? I mean, they just come. Well, since uh, they're fishing the tournament, they right. have to check in. They can get their prize right when they check in and get their perfect. And that's what I wanted to make sure of is that they're able to get that stuff and use it during the tournament because Absolutely. a fish bag, I'll tell you what, that's a game changer. When you're fishing on a boat and you've got a big old kingfish, you know, or something else. I mean, we use them to catch. We use them to fish for snapper when we're snapper fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No brine. Don't use a brine, guys. <laughs> yeah. Also, I got another tip for you guys. Uh, I know some of y'all are used to bleeding your fish out. Don't don't bleed don't your bleed fish. Out. Don't bleed your fish out because you need it to weigh as much as it can naturally. Um, but uh, you know, fish bag is a is a huge help, and we use one like I said, even when we're snapper fishing, just because if you've ever unloaded a fish box out of a boat with snapper in it. Or kingfish, because they'll cut you. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Their teeth are sharp. I've had a Spanish mackerel bite me before, and that was awful. Um, but, uh, you know, you're unloading these fish out of a fish box in a boat. It's a hassle. So if you've got them in a bag, um, you know, it's it's it makes a big difference. But, guys, also, you know, you want to keep them as cold as possible, not frozen, but cold as possible, because they're going to get donated to charity, and you want these fish to be quality. You don't want... Uh, what was the name of the fish house that's going to be handling them again? Mad Beach Fish House. Mad Beach Fish House. You don't want them to have to throw your fish out, right? No, and they, and they check them thoroughly. Yeah. On top of it, and then if there is a, if there, you know, there there are backup too to yeah. make sure that those fish are quality. They are fresh. They were caught on that day. Right. Uh, they do have a tory meter, which if they need to use it, they can core that fish and find out, you know, within, you know, I'm going to tell you minutes, but. But for sure, that it was caught that day. Cool. Um, That's good. To you know, know and if something, you know, what does that do? Just know, like the deterioration of the flesh kind yeah, of thing. Okay, yeah. I've never heard of that before, but it's yeah. interesting. So those guys got that. That's why we have them on site to do it and handle the fish. And if something comes in that, you know, and and you know, we got we got a lot of new guys that fish. You know, this is their first time. They may not have a fish bag. You know, we know the fish was caught that day. That goes in a different bucket, and that goes for that goes for crab bait right now. I mean, yeah, you know they they chuck chunk, chuck hey, that that's up. Good and, crab bait. Oh, yep, yeah, you know I mean, great crab bait. Yeah. You know, it's, it's stone crab it's season like, right now. Stone, we got some buddies. Stonies are out we need there. To get it. Zach, we need to get into stone crab. You, you know, you know, I, I agree with you 100 percent, Gray. And uh, we we do need to put some traps out. My buddy Andrew does a great job catching stone crab. Uh, you know, around his place. I'm not going to give away his spots because I, I want Andrew to keep getting them. But I'm telling you guys, uh, look up the regulations. Stone crab is a very affordable thing to get into while we're talking about it right now. But the gaff is the other thing that I wanted to talk about. You've got a, your fish bag. You're going to want your gaff because, trust me, guys, you're going to want that patented Bubba Blade custom grip that you have on that carbon fiber gaff to pull that big old Smoker King over the gunnel to take to the weigh-in. And when you hit them, try not to hit them right in the belly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, another thing, uh, our prize, 
the prize that uh, is probably one of the most for comfort is going to be your beanbag. I mean, that's one of the most important things. If you come back with a broken back, hey, the weigh-in is not going to be as much fun as if you were in that beanbag. <laughs> you're, not, you're not kidding. We got guys sometimes that bring them to the weigh-in so they can move along and just scooch on along with them. <laughs> well, and, yeah, last year, I mean, you know, this is a big tournament. There's a lot of boats, and there's a line. And so you need to be prepared for that. You need to be prepared for that line uh, when you're coming to weigh your fish in. Because if you've got a tournament fish and you think that you've got a chance at winning this tournament, you, you need to wait in that line. Um, Let and me it, actually... Um, tell you something about that line too there's a couple of oh that's just a, tips there are little misconceptions yeah. about that line so, there's actually two ways you can bring your fish back into the okay. tournament one's by car one's by boat if you cut and there is a tent no helicopters no planes no, yeah, no, we, we, yes, we yes. talked about that yeah. things at the moment yeah. but um so if you come in by car there's a um well there's a check-in tent you right. actually get your hand stamped we actually tag your fish then you have to get in line we do that so we know who that fish belongs to and nothing funky is happening in the line because when the line's that long, people tend to go get a beer and they come back or they're waiting. To oh, yeah. Single engine, they get in and out. We have to know that that's really their fish and belongs to them. So the same thing goes for on the water, too. With the dock there, there's a tent. You check in. So that's the biggest thing they all forget to do is get checked in before you get in that line. And if your fish is not tagged with your boat number on it, no I way. Right. You know, and, and like I said, it, it's just one of those things that, and we, we have it happen every single year because they just, you know, they jump in line, they get excited and they don't hit that, that check-in tent. And, you know, and, and again, like I said, I'd never tell you that anybody cheated, but if it's not there, we got it. We got it. We, we got to DQ you. I mean, yeah, we, the rules are the rules. And uh, you know, that's how you keep a tournament down to the skill of the angler and the luck of the angler. Right. We, and that's what it's all about. And if there's any break in the rules for any one person, then you would not have a fair tournament and yep. you'd lose, you'd lose the whole thing. No, and I've yeah. DQ'd friends. Yep. We've DQ'd sponsors. Yep. Uh, everybody, that's Makes what everybody's funny. You know, at that day, everybody's face is gray. That's right. You know, I don't know, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter if I went to high school with you or not. It doesn't matter, you know, but that's uh, so when, you know, so you don't have to be in that line the entire time. What makes the difference, though, is if there is a tie, the tie is only broken by the time you weighed your fish. Okay. Uh, and we do see a lot of times, you, you, you know, you guys know from king fishing, a lot of those fish are, they look identical, you yeah. know. Especially for, you know, 27th place. Every year we move it along, so, you know. The 27th place is uh, typically $1,500. So it's, you know, it's worth, you know, when you get in those 22.2s, you know, if you tie somebody, you want to be there first. You know, so. It makes sense. So you don't have to stay in line, but that is the only difference. If you jump out and, you know, as long as you got everything that you got, that, you know, your hand stamped and your fish are tagged, you it's know, you don't have to just stand there. And for some reason, everybody loves that line ride. I don't know why, but it's, you know, they, it, it snakes around and normally with all the vendors out there, some, sometimes I, it amazes me when I look from the stage on who decided to make the turn around that booth there. And, and it's just like, it sidewinds forever. It's, you know, yeah, it, it'd be it, interesting without vendors this year. It you know, like. it, it's be, lonely maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> there'll, there'll be plenty of people there. You hey, know, there's another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. If you don't mind, um, one of the most Two of the most frequently asked questions that I get the weeks before the event is, is there a checkout? No. No, there's no formal checkout. You just have to be within the boundaries. And that's my second one is, yes, there are boundaries. 
It is basically a 30-mile boundary, but if you go on our website, look at the rules. There is a lat and long line that are exactly what it is. So some places maybe right. a little, you know, less than 30 and some a little more. But take a look. That's that's where our rules are at. Makes sense. Yeah. And, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's good to have some, some rules like that, too, because this is a local tournament. And, like, you know, y'all told me in the past you had some crazy experiences with some people bringing fish from pretty far away. I mean, what, what's the furthest you've seen a fish come from where it would be like, hey, back in, in the day, day yeah. back in the days of Tartugas, I mean, they, yeah, I, I mean, I see, I think you know, we had a guy try to, we, no, he didn't fight and he tried to get it back from Bloxy and that didn't work out. I, I was going to say uh, our buddy Benny went down and uh, he ran all the way to freaking South yeah. Florida, like yeah. to the Tortugas. They caught that one kingfish and then you rolled all the way back. And back in the day, when the rules were first written, that was a, that was the first that was a, that was boats couldn't do that. We talked about that all you yeah. know when we were off air a little bit. That you didn't yeah, you have that range, mile an hour you know, center consoles that are you, you know, know and that, yeah. that have crazy ranges to it. So it's you know this is an everybody event. That's the bottom line. Come yeah. and see us. Well, you know, I thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the show. I know the listeners appreciate it. A lot of listeners, I'm sure, are realizing. A flats boat or a bay boat can win this tournament within Tampa Bay. Those 40, 50-pound kings are coming up in there. Guys, if you're going to be out there fishing that day, come join the fun. There's a lot of giveaways. There's a lot of stuff. And after all, this goes to support local children, local communities, everything that makes the fishing industry great. Tom and Amy, thank you guys for being on the show with us today. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much. We always appreciate it. A lot of fun, guys. Really great time, and we look forward to being uh, involved, and we're going to love to host it for you. Excellent. Well, guys, this has been Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. We definitely encourage you to check out our friends at Old Salt Fishing and check out Tampa Bay Fishing Radio on Facebook. Give us a like, or check out Tampa Offshore Fishing Group on Facebook for all of the up-to-date information for King of the Beach Fall 2020. Guys, good luck out there. We'll see you at the weigh-in. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5, the point five, the bone. Enjoy. And now it's time for Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5, the bone. Good morning, Tampa Bay. This is Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. This is Captain Zach Sturm. This is Gray Birchall. And we are starting a very happy Halloween Saturday. We hope that uh, you guys are having a good one. I'm sure a lot of costumes have been bought, and a lot of you fishermen are probably out there on the flats catching some of those pumpkins. Uh, the redfish bite has been fantastic. Uh, our buddy Felipe, dude. We Yeah, I just got some pictures from him the other day where he was getting some reds and some snooks out there. All right, we're gonna tell you good. we're gonna tell you where they're at. Um, Fourth Street is on fire right now. Um, the area along the Howard Franklin Bridge okay. off of 4th Street, that little beach area there, it's fantastic. Uh, be careful. It's a very known, well-known guide place. Uh, it's also, there's a lot of manatees there. You, okay. you really got to watch out um, as the weather gets a little bit cooler. You're going to have manatees and stuff there, and you, you just want to you know, make sure that you don't run them over. I've never fished there before. Is it a uh, combustion engine exclusion zone, or is it is uh, it okay to run in there with them? No, I, th I think there's a, because there's the little 4th Street Bridge, which I used to fish with my buddy Brian back in the day. Yeah. Um, And, and it's got like a, I don't know, like, 
it's really shallow, but I don't think that there's any marked signs, to be honest okay. with you. Yeah, and some because obviously... Uh, I would definitely go slow speed minimum wake at least. I mean, manatees are fat and slow, but they can kick yeah. that tail and move if you're, you know, idling up toward... Well, and the other thing about it is it's beginning to be the time of the year uh, where they start to hang out, like over by the power plant and everything. Like, that's all, you know, yeah, becomes it, becomes no no uh, combustion engines up in that area. Uh, exactly. this time of year. So, uh, it seems like they... Uh, it's weird because the water temps are kind of weird this year. And so, the regular temperatures out, you know, the outdoor, you know, just the air temperatures have been strange. It's been hot, so... Um, it's been a really hot October, so yeah. it's just, it seems like the water hasn't cooled off that much yet. Well, you know, it, it's one of those things too. Um, right now today it's windy. Yeah. You know, it's it windy. And, um, that's the other thing that's, uh, been painful lately. It seems like it's almost impossible to get offshore. Um, I mean, it's not today, today's Saturday. Uh, I mean, you're looking at three and a half foot waves offshore. Uh, so it's not like completely terrible but i mean it's not something you'd want to do in a in a less than 30 foot boat probably and then for tomorrow it's actually going to be okay for the middle of the day and then it's going the wind's going to pick back up in the afternoon um you know so late afternoon it's going to be kicking out of the north up to almost 17 miles an hour so the waves will pick up a little bit during that uh so that ride home uh from the you know from the uh from the west you know whoever's sitting on the left side of your boat's getting soaked yeah. But, um, you know, just come in early, come in at four because at four, it's still only going to be one and a half foot wave. So it's not the end of the world. Well, it's not too bad, but you know, it's Kingfish season, Kingfish weather. We got it the King, King of the Fish Beach weather. tournament coming up next weekend, we next Saturday on the seventh. Um, if you guys got a chance today, you have to register or tomorrow because yep. if you register, um, before November 1st, you're going to get a chance at those three awesome prizes. The fish bag, custom $300 Kingfish fish bag, courtesy of Squig, Squig Inc. Productions. Squig Inc. Tommy, Tommy and Amy are just yeah. shaking their head laughing Squid at me now. Inc. Squid Inc. Productions, um, our friends over there in uh, Madeira, they have a fantastic fish bag, $300 value. We got a Bubba Blade gaff. That, that thing's awesome. We have a few of those. It's and, all we uh, use. We, we yeah. use that. Okay, so high quality, super high quality. You you have so many different things um, as far as gaffs. So you know you have you have your uh, the shaft could be either made of like a carbon fiber, which this gaff, the gaff is. Probably is. They yeah. also have more of a fiberglass construction on some of them. We love this carbon fiber. It's strong. You're gonna pick up whatever you want. It's got a nice stainless steel hook, and it's got that Bubba Blade red signature grip down the whole thing. It's just cool to look at, you know. It is. And, um, you know, also being carbon fiber, you know, so some of them are also made of uh, aluminum or stainless steel or something like that. And so right. over time they corrode, whereas the carbon fiber never will. Uh, so that's another thing. So it'll last a lot longer. Um, it's just it's just a high quality gaff. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped up. We're giving one of those away because it's probably the best gaff. I've ever seen. I mean, the AF, you know, there's, there's other, there's like AFCO makes a decent gaff, but I'd say the bubble one is just way better. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, no doubt about it. And, uh, then other thing is we can't forget that easy rider beanbag. Yeah. Or, or the ocean tamer, excuse me. Ocean tamer. <laughs> yeah. It's an ocean tamer beanbag. Yep. Um, really cool beanbag. We actually got a chance to sit in it and I nearly fell asleep before we did last week's show. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, a really great prize. And that thing's like a two or $300 value. It is. And, uh, you know, 
just getting offshore and mediocre weather. Um, it's nice to have a, a nice place to sit and not get the crap beat out of you. Um, and then coming back in when you're tired, I mean, whether the weather's good or not, I mean, it's once again, way better than, way better than standing the whole time and way better than, uh, you know, obviously if you're not going to sit on the bow or anything, but, um, but yeah, it just makes a huge difference in the level of comfort and how you feel when you get out there and when you get back. Well, sometimes I feel like crap when we go out there and sometimes, uh, I feel great. And usually it's when I'm on a beanbag riding out because we usually, I mean, I stand for the most part. Me too. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. And usually it's either cause we're operating the boat or kind of like hanging out. You know, seats on a boat, I hate to say it, if you're going offshore on any type of bay boat, a lot of you guys probably learned this, it can be really bumpy to sit in the factory seats. And that, you know, while we're on the subject, I definitely want to mention placement on the seat. A lot of you may not know this, but a lot of you that are avid anglers and boaters, you do yeah. know this. With with this, especially this time of year when we have a lot of bumpy conditions and waves and stuff like that, you may wonder, where, where in the hell can I sit on my boat? so that I don't get the crap beat out of me by the waves. And the best place in the boat, guys, is going to be as far aft toward the back yep. of the boat as possible. Um, also for safety. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if you're going through a rough inlet, like, uh, you know, or anything like that, uh, if you got people on the bow, you need to tell them to get in the back of the boat. For sure. Yeah, Never let people ride. Yeah, I, kids, well, stuff like that. You know, they're, I know that everybody wants to ride up front when they don't know much about boating. Well, um, that's but, great. That's my one yeah. biggest pet peeve with yeah. the bay boat market is the fact that every single manufacturer, for the most part, I understand that open fishing type boats are usually reserved for offshore. But I'm telling you, if they were to make open boats and get people to start using bean bags as a lounging area to sit, yeah. maybe have a removable table or something in the middle that clips in like where a fish box is. Yeah. They all seem to make the seats that are halfway storage and they have a stupid backrest on them that literally nobody is going to do. And yeah. I know my mom and a lot of ladies and a lot of people that are not on boats a lot and men, they'll like to sit up there at the bow of the boat because they're like, oh, hey, look at these big old lounge seats for getting sun. And I mean, yeah. they're really useless because you're not going to be able to get sun comfortably in these seats. And if you sit in them while you're riding out and you're any type of waves whatsoever, you are going to break your tailbone getting knocked around on the front yeah. of the boat. It's, and uh, I watched a video recently. It was one of those like uh, all over inlet, you know, or Jupiter inlet videos where the, right. you know, the guy sits out there with the camera all day long and has watched his boats go through rough inlets. And uh, there was one where this girl literally got, you know, they're all on the bow. She got thrown off the bow. Of the boat. Dude. And luckily... You know, the, the boat operator, you know, the, the driver, I wouldn't call him a captain, obviously, because he's definitely not a captain if he lets there, people sit th on the There are a lot of, of captains that are that are not captains. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, but he's in charge and it's his fault. I'll say that. But um, Well, some guys can't operate a boat. I no. mean, it w there's a lot of things that you should learn to do as a man. One well, is drive a five-speed. Two, yeah. learn how to drive a damn boat. It's yeah. not that hard. No, it isn't. It isn't hard. And it's it's just about making sure that you understand uh, the preparation that's involved and, uh, making sure that people are going to be safe where they're at, you know, so you got to right. keep eyes on everybody on the boat, but this girl gets thrown overboard. And of course the, the guy operating the boat, uh, you know, he's looking all around trying to figure out where she is luckily. And it's one of the few times I'm not a huge jet ski fan only cause they run us over while we're fishing sometimes and stuff like that. But a uh, guy on a jet ski picked her up, you know, so that's a convenient thing because, 
obviously a jet ski doesn't have a prop, you know, so you don't have to try to maneuver a boat around over, over top of somebody through a rough inlet. Can jet skis usually that? have no idea what they're doing when they're out there. I know. Can you imagine that though? Like trying to maneuver that boat around over top of a human being while you're, while oh, you're trying I, to pick them up. I mean, that there's a, no, absolutely not. I mean, you know, I'd, especially I'd if you're dumb enough to drive the boat, the so you throw them off the boat in the first place. You're oh, probably not. I mean, yeah, back it down right into them. I don't you know? even know. Yeah. I mean, like I, it, it's just, I mean, it's a situation that I, I would almost want to reference what the coast guard would recommend or something because it's it's such a bad situation but the coast guard are probably like don't be a dumbass and throw people off your boat in the first place they well, probably wouldn't say right that. in the back through a bad inlet i mean and if it's or if it's rough offshore or rough inshore or wherever but um you know this is that time of what year where the weather you know we get these fronts and uh, we'll have four or five days of you know two to three sometimes four foot seas and then we'll get a couple days where it'll be one and a half and um, you know, and then the afternoons we'll get the sea breeze and it'll kick it back up, but, um, yep, pretty much. Yeah. So, so just be prepared for all that. And obviously if you're going to fish tournaments, doesn't matter what the weather is that day, that's the day you got to go. So just make sure you're safe and you are riding in a bean bag or something like that. Make sure it's in the back of the boat. You're not throwing people around on the bow. Yeah. I, I, I came down and nailed the crap out of my knee one time when we were on Andrew's boat. Well, Andrew was driving and I, I decided I wanted to get on the front. I like to throw artificials uh, from the front of the boat at tuna and, you know, stuff when we find a school of them offshore. And uh, we, we were getting really excited. Andrew was just like, he was getting it. We're, we're in the conch. And uh, I ended up, I don't even know what I did, but my feet left the ground. Yeah. And that's, I that's came down on a, on a hatch latch. Oh, and it, I, I'm pretty sure I uh, fractured my knee, but... Uh, that would suck. Yeah, you got to be careful, guys, because I mean we're we're relatively young. We'll heal up. We'll be all right. But somebody that is up there that's in you know poor condition or you know in worse shape than us, which I can't imagine that people exist like that. There but, are. There's. There's. A lot of people. Yeah, it scares me when I think about it. But yeah. But yeah, just be careful because I'm sure a lot of people will. You know, it's not like you're trying to hurt somebody on the front yep. of the boat. So just just be careful of that. And know that the bow of the boat, anywhere from the front of the center console, which usually there's a seat there that, depending on the size of the boat, is either going to be, if it's under 30 feet, don't sit there. Uh, it's a, If it's above 30 feet, you should be all right, unless yeah. it's insane. Uh, but anywhere in front of that, do not sit there because it's dangerous. Back of the boat or in the console is where it is. So a big solution to this really is just pre-register for the tournament early. And so therefore you can possibly win this, uh, this bean bag, uh, your fish bag and, uh, and you know, the, the gaff, uh, the Bubba gaff, um, you know, and, and this, uh, the fish bag is really, really nice. I'm pumped about it. I wish I was getting one. Um, I just got a fish bag and I love it, but it just, it's a game changer. Even if you're snapper fishing, uh, we use it just because we don't want to be having to take stuff out of a fish box in the boat, carry it to the cleaning table, uh, back and forth, right, all that right. stuff. If it's just in the bag already, it's great. I mean, it's just so hassle-free. So well, exactly. it makes a huge difference. Um, so You, you know what's terrifying, though? No, but you could tell me. Um, we have the most terrifying thing on today. It is Halloween. It's our Halloween, uh, scary episode. And what we're going to be doing, I know it's going to terrify some of you, but we're doing it anyway. We've got politicians. Oh man. We've got politicians on the air today. Dang. Um, those of you that listen to the show know that we like to make sure that we are, we are an advocate for the recreational angler for you guys at home so that you don't have to deal with horrible regulations 
we're fighting for your, you know, the well-being, the fishery, and your convenience getting out there yeah. uh, and your freedom yeah, to do your it. Freedom and your rights. Um, we've had a lot of luck with it. I don't know if it's because we have a large social media presence or it's the radio show or a bit combined, but we have had local politicians that are running for office right now that a lot of you are going to vote for uh, coming up here in, you know, just a couple of days. We have them on the show and it's going to be fantastic. So we're going to have a few congressional candidates and uh, we're going to have one county commission candidate nice. coming on the show today. So it's going to be a lot of fun and we can't wait to ask them questions about, you know, hey, what are you guys going to do for the local fishermen if you were to get elected in the office? Because I think it's an important question to ask, you know. It is. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this show or you're on Tampa Offshore or Tampa Bay Fishing, uh, any of these Facebook groups. Not Tampa Bay Fishing Club. Yeah, that, just that just, group just sucks. I don't words. like it. Tampa Bay Fishing. Yeah, Tampa Bay Fishing. We've got about 7,000 members. Tampa Offshore Fishing, we got about 19 or so thousand right at, members. Yeah, right over 19,000, almost 20,000. I um, love it, man. So, you know, th- these are important things for us to pay attention to. And I know that, uh, you know, we're, we're not... You know, we're not going to be politically biased or any of that kind of stuff during the show. No, that's why we have both candidates We're on. interviewing these people because these are local candidates a job that, that are going to do what they can to protect you guys and protect your rights as a fisherman. And that's that's the, it. the most important thing that any uh, anybody in politics can do. That is their sole job is to protect your rights. Exactly. You, They're here so. to serve us. So it's going to yeah. be awesome. We're going to have them on the show. Guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more Tampa Bay Fishing Radio in just a minute. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC. Now, back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. This is Captain Zach Sturm. This is Gray Birchall. And we have a fantastic guest on the line with us today. Um, she is running for the 14th congressional district which a lot of you may know it has pretty much most of tampa in that area under it so uh we'd like to welcome christine quinn to the show how are you doing christine very good well thank you for having me i really appreciate it so this is great to talk to your listeners and i'm excited to be on the show well we we certainly appreciate you taking the time um we had invited your opponent kathy castor and um unfortunately we did not get a response back uh for the interview so we certainly appreciate you taking the time to come out here and you know and talk to our listeners we appreciate that um well it's my pleasure hey i know who i work for i work for you so, I appreciate that. Just so you know. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate that big time. Well, I'll go into our first question that we have prepared. Um, and as you guys know that are listeners, we did this in a non-biased way. Why are you the best candidate for boaters and fishermen in the Tampa Bay area? Well, I would say because when I care about our environment, I care about um, our fisheries. And I just, I understand how important it is to have clean water and to be able to go out and go boating and enjoy those boatings and you know how i understand a lot of the boaters for many years you know have had ample places for anchorage and and that's a big problem here in tampa bay right now and i don't think that we're really addressing it so when you're talking about like the tampa bay area and boaters going out there and having the right of anchorage uh, the emphasis is always making sure that they are not doing so in shipping lanes or cruising lanes and more and more, there's been infringements 
yeah, right. I, I've heard I, about some stuff like that. I can understand that totally. Yeah. We we have a lot of fishermen uh, in the Tampa Bay area. Docks hold a lot of fish. I mean, they know that. And, you know, homeowners to, you know, encroach on that. That's actually a misdemeanor to harass somebody that's, you know, While fishing. fishing. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's uh, even though you, they don't own the water. I'm sure some of somebody may have got confused with the terminology there, but yeah, 100%. You're right on that account. Yeah, well, the homeowners now on all these waterways, yes, that's expensive um, land, and they think that they own the water. They don't own the waterway, but the problem is, is that increasingly they're lobbying to restrict anchorage in all of those waterways, which prohibits voters from going out and enjoying the Gulf. You know, it's nice that they own that property, and as long as voters are staying a distance away, but they don't have the right to prevent them completely and not allowing them down those waterways. Right. So, 100%. You know, so my thought is that the voters have anchored in those places for years. So uh, when they are out enjoying the water and they are not interfering with the shipping, the sailing, or the cruising lanes, I think they should continue to be able to do so. As long as that they're not, you know, crowding the residential coastline properties and they're being respectful, I don't see why they can't go there and fish and enjoy it. We should all be able to have those waterways and have access to them freely. Well, we, we appreciate we don't pay taxes. Yes, yeah, ma'am. Absolutely. And we appreciate you bringing that to our attention simply because that, you know, I found with a lot of regulations uh, just how we had, uh, I believe it was the city of Tampa, uh, the county commission. Um, that was the, doing it, not the city of Tampa, or maybe a, a joint effort, but our Gandhi boat ramp over on Gandhi Boulevard was nearly closed right. at night because what they claimed street racers were the issue. Well, the, the whole point here is for the listeners, a lot of these regulations, they just pop up overnight and they kind of force right. them upon people. And so we appreciate you bringing that kind of stuff to our attention and definitely appreciate the yeah. fact that you're fighting for us. Well, the thing is, is that I'm, I own my own business, right? And the rules and regulations and the bureaucratic red tape is what's killing manufacturing in America. Absolutely. So basically, you know, Joe Biden, he, he pretty much sold us to China, right? I mean, it was like there were a bunch of bullies taking our lunch money, and now we're stuck with um, the issues that we're having with China manufacturing. Well, now they have all these compliant rules and regulations for us here in America, but do you think they're following those same rules and regulations over in China? Well, you, you know, no. w one thing that I want to I want to talk about uh, one of our questions, and I kind of want to segue right into that because uh, Gray and I um, we have on on Tampa Offshore Fishing on Facebook, uh, we have one of the largest fishing groups in the country, and we're we're really concerned with uh, everything that's been going on. With big tech, uh, people have been claiming that they're censoring content. Uh, I know that there was a, a leak with, I believe, Hunter Biden and in uh, some business dealings with Joe Biden or something. And, and the, the Post had posted something. And at the end of the day, we want Republican, Democrat and everybody not to have their posts censored. And, you know, <clears throat> my question is, what can you do if elected to Congress to help to make sure that we are not censored as a population based upon who we voted for on right. social media? Well, you know, our First Amendment protects us for freedom of speech, right? And so there's just so much overreach on all these things. But there is already some bills that have been brought up to Congress. Section 230 uh, gives these, like Twitter and Facebook, it already gives them this protection from be, having immunity to third-party content liability being sued 
right? So they, right. they already get all kinds of protections and stuff, but they're not they're not protecting us from hearing both sides of the story. So for me, it seems like how can I have a conversation with uh, obviously I'm a conservative Christian candidate, but I want to be able to reach out and talk to those Democrats and, and tell them my side and have a real conversation, like if we were sitting down at the table, so they can understand where I'm coming from, I can understand where they're coming from. I mean, talking to you guys is like preaching to the choir, right? Well, singing the same tune. But if we don't really start sitting down and talking to people, not politicians, and really we all want the same thing, right? We want safety, we want to be able to send our kids to safe schools, they can get a good education. They can fall in love, get married, and, and procreate. Right? We, we, we're, we're being restricted on all of that. We're being told lies. We're not getting the whole story. So if we can't sit down and let them hear my side so that they maybe could agree with me that, hey, we're all on even playing fields here. Well, we I, can all start to share this world together. I would say that, and, and to your point, uh, I would say that a lot of things going on with fact checking on social media, I feel like it should be the individual's responsibility to figure out what is true and what isn't. And then that source right. should lose credibility based on that. And so that's something that well, we should we we should be taking responsibility for ourselves instead of asking exactly. an entity to handle it for us, because the entity that handles it for us will then shape yeah. all of the information we get. And that's the problem with it. That's what scares me. Yeah. So. Exactly. And that's the, I guess, you know, that's my way of articulating it to someone who would not understand why this is a problem because, you know, people say, well, why wouldn't you want factual information? And it's like, well, I do want factual information, but I will find out the facts on my own and I will cross-reference it to several different news sources to make sure that it is actually the true story. You know, I'm not going to get it off of, off of uh, so-and-so news media that I've never heard of before. I'm going to check a few different places and make sure that they're reputable. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's a really important thing, especially where we're coming from, that we have such a large fishing group. And if people are going to censor posts that I mean, we uh, full full disclosure, we censor posts because we we own the fishing page. Well, we usually the sure. stuff we, we censor, it's, too, is when people are crazy. like saying hate speech and right. like insane yeah. stuff that's either racist right. or homophobic. We yeah. don't we don't. We, we don't, don't let any of that stuff fly. We're not going to censor you know, posts about fishermen like, are all equal. Yeah, like we fish any, with yeah. d- Democrats and Republicans, yeah. you know, and, and I, I, to, you know, Christine, to your point, um, I really think that that conversation is a good thing to have between party lines, because I know on a fishing boat, us as yep. just the simple fishermen that we are in the Tampa Bay area. We don't care if somebody's Republican, Democrat, whatever. All we care about is that we catch more fish than the next guy and are able to, you know, have a maximize our day have a good time yeah you know that's that's the main thing at the end of the day just like we're all fishermen we're all americans and i do believe in that bipartisan you know cooperation that doesn't seem to be happening right now well it's not happening because we've become so divisive you know typically the pendulum will swing back and forth they will go left they'll come back right somewhere we come in the middle now we're so divided it's so far left and so far left right but the problem is this complacency is an open door for the enemy and tolerance is the bullet that blows it open i I probably say that in every speech i make because in america we have become so spoiled and so complacent well that doesn't really impact me so i'll just let it go and then it lets these smaller lobbyists or these groups get together and then they can really start pushing their agenda and then we're 
felt like, well, we're being called racist or you're, you're, you're there are all kinds of nasty names if we disagree. But these are extremists that are trying to push their ideology on our children, sexualizing our children. It's horrible. You need somebody with some common sense in there. And I think I bring common sense. And let's get back to uh, an equal playing field here. It's somewhere down the middle where we can actually start having real conversations. But we can't allow, listen, in a household, the majority rule, when my mom and dad were in charge and there were eight of us, they made a rule, simply put, we're going to eat dinner at six, you're going to wash your hands and face and come sit down at the table and eat. Now, that, that's the rule. So if you don't want to obey by the rules, then you're not going to eat. That's just plain and simple, right? Right. But in America, we've recreated law and order. We, we now have cars and we decided, oh, okay, well, you know, we better put stop signs because we're running over pedestrians. So we all decided as majority, hey, it'd be a good idea at this four-way stop. They have stop signs and then... Let's go everybody to the left, and, and everybody follows the rules so we're not running into each other, right? Right. Those are simple philosophies to just, but majority rules. Now what we're saying is that some minority guy comes and says, no, well, I, I don't want to use a crosswalk. I want to walk across the street whenever I want. And, and if you hit me, well, then that's, you should, I'm going to sue you because I, I, could, I should be able to do that whenever I want. No. No, see, we have rules, and you don't get to just walk across the and if you do and you get hit, it's your own fault. So when we're talking about, so it's, it's interesting you bring up rules because we're, you know, right now we, you know, we always, we talk about the fishery and everything like that. And in Congress, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of fishing regulations that are ran by Congress. Right. And, uh, you know, they're important to the recreational angler. They're important to the commercial angler. Um, and there are of course, lobbyists and things like that involved that can shape the rules of the fishery, right? And so what do you feel like, what do you feel like you would do in order to protect the recreational angler that doesn't have a lobbyist? Well, see, and then that's where we have to come in because right now, uh, con the, the lobbyists have money behind them, obviously, right? Right. And so they can try to keep pushing it, but they're not going to buy me. And that's where we need to start putting this out to the public. Hey, this is what they're really saying. This is what's really happening and get input from the general public. See, they talk about transparency, but I don't see any transparency. The next thing you know, we just have a new rule. Wait, right. Yeah. Happen? And, and, and that's just like, we uh, didn't, we didn't get to vote on that. Right. Just like right? we've talked about several issues, you know, like we just talked about the Gandy boat ramp. We talked about the Bunces pass thing that went on over in Pinellas County. But, um, but you know, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to be up against a hard break here in a second. But, um, so, we got another question for you um, that we'll, we'll get into. Well, let me finish on this yep. one. You know, yes, ma'am. Constitutionally, so I'm a constitutionalist, and constitutionally, the federal government does have jurisdiction over the navigable waters, right? Okay. But the submerged, I don't know if you've heard about the Submerged Land Act, has given states more control. And this is all about anchorage, but it has everything to do with fishing because you want to anchor to fish, right? Right. For recreational purposes. So as has the River and Harbor Act. But the problem is, your average day guy that just wants to go out there and fish, he doesn't know about the River and Harbor Act. He doesn't know about the Submerged Land Act. He doesn't know about all these things. These are lobbyists pushing these, and the next thing you know, here comes the siren. Oh, you got to get out of here. You can't be doing that. You can get a ticket. You yeah. Can get and, and and that's actually but something that so they uh, don't even know. 
Yeah, it's right. amazing the the laws that just get passed that we have no idea how they even came to be. Well, unfortunately, uh, we we are up for our time and our segment. Um, we want to thank you so much, Christine. We appreciate um, clearly what you want is transparency in Congress. And we certainly as fishermen would love to be aware of those laws. Uh, we thank you so much for coming on the show today. And we wish you a lot of luck in the upcoming election. Um, if you could uh, tell anyone that wants to know a little bit more about your campaign, where they can reach you. They can go to win-quinn.com. You can follow us on Facebook at electquinn, which will also tie you into Twitter. And um, we're always posting some fun stuff. And we're also on Instagram. But if you go to win-quinn.com, you'll see all of that. You'll see what we're doing and where we're going. And I would love to have everybody reach out to me. I'm always an open door. And um, as your congresswoman, I will have town hall meetings every month, every time I come back from Washington, D.C., to sit down and say, this is what's really going on. This is where you need to get it involved. Because if we don't have activists involved in the community, Congress is going to continue to just force these rules and regulations down our throat. I'm, a, I'm about getting rid of bureaucracy. We're going to cut through the red tape and let's live our lives. Let's be happy. That's what our Constitution says, right? Yes, the ma'am. pursuit of happiness. And I don't know what makes people more happy than going fishing. Amen. <laughs> well, we, we, definitely, point. we definitely agree with you there. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Okay. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great day. Yes, you ma'am. Too. You right. too. Guys, we'll be right after back after a quick break. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 Tampa Bay Fishing Radio, presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Hey, what's up, guys? We're back. This is Captain Zach Sturm. This is Gray Birchall. And we have another special guest on our Halloween episode. We have Tammy Vasquez that is running for county commissioner in Pinellas County. Uh, Tammy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, how are you guys? Not too bad. Uh, we're, we're definitely having a, uh, a fun day of windy weather. It's great to ask all of you that are going to be making the regulations, the election coming up, these important questions about local small business, the waterways and, you know, everything. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Absolutely. And, and you knew it was going to be windy and windy next week because the Kingfish tournament's coming up. So <laughs> that's right. It wouldn't be a tournament if it wasn't windy. Good old tournament <laughs> weather. You know, that's Kingfish weather, you know, and it, and it always seems to be that way, which is crazy. You know, it's just, Kingfish weather, you're always going to have, it's going to be bumpy, but uh, you yeah. know, they're doing a great job. I love to see, you know, that Madeira Beach allowed them to have at least something after all these shutdowns. Yes, because uh, we, we need a good tournament. Absolutely. Well, my, my first question that I have for you today, uh, you know, is very important. There are a lot of small business owners, a lot of employees of restaurants, you know, between hospitality and the tourism businesses, which are really important to us in the Tampa Bay area, especially those of us in the fishing industry and, you know, boating industries. My question for you is... If elected, would you support another massive shutdown? Because, hear me out on this, we feel that with the science and data that has been gathered on the coronavirus and the data from the CDC showing the dropping of COVID deaths, regardless of how many new cases are reported, personally, you know, we're not scientists, but we personally feel that that would be counterproductive. And we want to know your stance on that. Would you shut down all businesses again? if there is an uptick in COVID with the colder weather? Well, that's a, that's a, uh, the short answer is absolutely not. Excellent. <laughs> I, uh, Great. 
I definitely do not think that that would be necessary. I mean, obviously we've learned a lot between, you know, when it all started coming to a head and now, and like you said, you know, the death, the death rate, you know, any deaths are bad. However, you can't shut down an entire economy on a, you know, on a basis like this. And, you know, when people can't afford to keep their houses or feed their children, you know, you've got to weigh out what's going to be the worst case scenario. Right. I, I appreciate that very much. We, we had invited uh, your opponent, Mr. Justice, on. Um, unfortunately, he was unable to. Uh, we kind of lost contact through email. We really wanted to have the opportunity to ask him some of these questions, but we can't. In your words, to, speaking to not only the Bone listeners that are in Pinellas County, but also the you know fishermen and boaters and outdoor enthusiasts, what would make you a better candidate to be elected to that office than Mr. Justice? Essentially, what is the difference between Tammy Vasquez and uh, Mr. Justice? Well, I would say to start with, I believe in listening to your constituents and to voters. Uh, the beauty of being in America is we have the right to vote. And as voters, we should be listened to. And in 1996, the Pinellas County, not just Pinellas County, all the state of Florida voted on having term limits for our county commissioners. And it overwhelmingly passed and statewide, but in Pinellas County, it was over 74% of the vote voted for term limit, eight-year term limits on our county commission. Oh my gosh. We are the only, yes, we are the only one in the state of Florida whose commissioners have repeatedly since 2000, I mean, since 1996, taken it to court, trying to have it overturned. Everyone else implemented it. So it hasn't been, sorry, it hasn't been implemented in Pinellas County. There are no term limits no, for uh, commissioners? That is correct. Wow. That is correct. So it's basically and just completely not listening to the constituents and what they wanted. 100%. 100%. And okay. even... And in 2018, they finally got a judge to say, you know what? We're tired of this being in and out of court. We're right. just going to throw it out, and the voters need to vote on it again in Pinellas County, which is what I intend to do, is get it voted on again. And God forbid, for some reason, if I can't get it or get it implemented in the eight years I plan to be there, I will abide by what the voters want, whether it's there or not, because that's the right thing to do. So that's one huge, huge part of where we're different. Well, that, I mean, you know, we, we, we appreciate hearing that. I mean, public service, you know, is important. The whole service part is, is really important. And uh, we are very happy to hear that. Um, so, so one of the main things you're saying is the difference between yourself and Mr. Justice is that you're definitely going to be uh, not, you're going to be in favor of term limits rather. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Now, my, my next question um, would, would be, uh, there have been issues in the past. Uh, we had you on the show before uh, when you had begun yes. your campaign to talk about some of the issues, for example, Bunce's Pass. Um, and a lot of the boaters, you know, kind of woke up to see that they were saying, hey, we're going to block off, you know, one of the one of the most common sandbars in the Tampa Bay area that all kinds of good working folks relax on, spend the weekend on and take their families boating and their friends. Um, and that was a, a shutdown that was, uh, you know, not seen or really heard about by anyone. And my, my question is for you, what can be done if you're elected to the county commission for better transparency 
so that the people that these laws are implemented to protect, in theory, are actually benefiting and protected by them. As- well, one of the things, you know, you brought up Bunsa's past, we are, they're living in the dark ages currently on how they get the word out to the public about what's going to be on the agenda. I mean, they they are putting it out in a newspaper that's now printed two or three times a week. And that's where they do their announcements. And how many people do you know even look at a newspaper anymore? Uh, nobody. <laughs> so, I don't even think, nobody. I don't even know where to get a newspaper, to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, to me, what that says is they're counting on you not seeing it so that they can do whatever they want to do. Because the demographics of Pinellas County have changed so much in the last 10 years in age group where the majority of the people don't even look at a newspaper so how easy is it for them to say well we put it out there for the public but you know it's not our fault they didn't know it was going to be on the agenda you know so that needs to change i i appreciate that and you know if i if i from you know our social media background i can certainly advise upon this i'm i'm sure it costs money for the county to put something in the paper as far as an advertisement or something like that i'm certain that they could spend their own uh you know put that money into a Facebook boost or something like that. And they would reach probably tenfold, maybe a hundredfold of the people that they're reaching with, you know, something as archaic as a newspaper. So, you know, that might be one thing to consider, but I I appreciate that you're willing to have that conversation. uh, You know, if you're elected to the Pinellas County commission. So Tammy, I got a quick question for you. Um, Sure. Just what, what do you think the benefit would be? Uh, You know, we talked about the Bunces pass thing last time. What what would be the benefit behind shutting that down? What 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 do you think they're trying to accomplish by doing that? You know, from without being on the inside, um, it definitely what it appears on the outside, which is not a good look, is what it appears to be is a land grab, because Pinellas County is responsible <clears throat> for taking care of that park. Um, the state of Florida actually um, pays Pinellas County okay. to take care of that. Wow. So, you know, exactly. So from the outside looking in, you can see what the appearance is. And other than that, I see absolutely no reason because as we discussed on the last show, you know, there haven't been all the accidents they talked about. There hasn't been, you know, anything that they spoke about, which is why they did. um, They did not reverse it, but why they stopped the closure of it. However, um, update since we're a few a few months later. Right, they never reversed their order. They never voted on it again. So it is laying dormant. And my guess is, even though there was a petition, the election, right? Even though there was a petition to have it reversed. Correct. Okay. So they're Correct. just kind of sitting, so not listening to the constituents again. Is that exactly? And okay. my, again, my guess is, you know, there's two of them up for election, and it's two of them that happen to be very involved in that. I guess is it's sitting there until after the voters vote and you know unfortunately who knows what will happen after that hopefully it won't be an issue because i'll be there <laughs> well right well, well we we appreciate that you know you're I, I take it one of your first orders of business will to make sh- you know vote that thing down absolutely okay um let me ask you this and uh, you know we on the topic of transparency, I think one of the biggest issues, you know, this Bunce's Pass one was, you know, only an example. I'm sure there are a ton, a ton of different motions and such that the Pinellas County citizens 
they would care if they knew yes. more about it. And my question is, are there any others that come to, to your mind that have been passed recently that people may need to know about that they might not already know about? Oh, that's an awesome question. So six weeks ago, the county commission actually voted and passed to raise our property taxes once again. In the middle of a pandemic, uh, they voted once again to raise our property tax. They had the ability oh my gosh. to re- to work back and not raise it, and they chose voted six to one to go ahead for that uh, property tax increase. A lot of people don't know that. And when I talk to voters every single day, the minute I tell them that, they're like, what? I'm like, exactly. People don't understand that truly the, the county commission so, is the ultimate authority in our county. And, you know, they wield a lot of power and they've been there for a lot of time, you know, a long time, the ones that are there. And, you know, they they no longer represent the constituents so and t- they just they don't tammy can i ask can i ask you at the top of your head do you happen to know which commissioners voted to raise property taxes in pinellas county and every everyone except for kathleen peters so every single pinellas county commissioner except for P- kathleen peters voted to raise our property taxes here in pinellas county during a pandemic correct. well hey absolutely you know uh, we, don't, we don't like to and it was borderline a secret that that bothers exactly. me, you know. That, yeah, that really does that, bother that's, me. That's really that's terrible. And we, we don't like to pick yep. sides, you know, really on this show. Yeah, but, but that's kind of without representation is how yeah, I would look at that. I don't believe that's fair at all. And I just want anybody, all, any of the listeners, you know, tell your friends, and you know, when they go to the ballot box, you know, coming up here in about a week, remember that Janet Long and Charlie Justice voted to raise your property taxes during a pandemic in Pinellas County, and you know that. That's one of the things that, you know, I wish that uh, Mr. Justice would have accepted, uh, you know, coming on the show because I wanted to hear from both of you guys. You know, it's it's just wonderful, even on the uh, on the side for Congress, on the congressional level. You know, we have both Anna Paulina Luna and Charlie Crist that are in the middle of a vicious, you know, yes. campaign, you know, fighting one another. And yet they both took the time to come on the show and talk to the listeners. You know, it's just I, I really... I appreciate you coming on the show today. And uh, what what other information can you tell uh, any potential voters? You know, because this is we're getting some good information here about our own backyard. Absolutely, and I can tell you, I am out at the polls at the early voting polls, twelve hours a day. Um, you know, I since last Monday, I'm there seven days a week, and I'll continue to do so. And one thing that I will tell you, talking to the voters every day that are lined up voting. The majority of them, one, don't really know what the commission does, and two, they had no clue about the property tax vote. So I would encourage your listeners, because two years is a long way down the road, but write it down, put it in your phone. Two years from now, there's the rest of the commission, with the exception of Kathleen Peters, that voted for tax increase during a pandemic. They're going to be up for election. Just something that we all need to remember. Just to conf- and just so everybody kind of understands, you guys are on a four-year term, but Correct. you have a you have a, an election every two years, and y'all have staggered seats essentially in these elections. Is that how that, that works? Correct. Okay, I just yes. like to make sure people understand those things, so that way they remember sure. to pay attention two years from now. Yes, that's cool. Well, uh, 
that definitely raises a lot of questions and opens your eyes because I had no idea about that. I've been, you know, completely ignorant to that fact. You know, during a pandemic, I, I don't see how in good conscience they couldn't have tabled something like that for, you know, perhaps a little bit of a later date because right. people don't need to be taxed right now, or, you know, when they're struggling to make ends meet. Wouldn't tax revenues be on the increase anyway with the property values in St. Petersburg is where they've been and the people moving in at such crazy rates? I mean, it's you would think exactly. that would you would think and, that would already be this, in the case. The thing is with this property tax increase, it's not like it was even for, you know, schools or something like that. It was literally to fill the coffers for the rainy day fund. And you know if the if the economy was thriving, that would be wonderful, but when you have businesses who are barely staying afloat sure. that hopefully didn't go under during this these last few months, you know, it, it affects them as well and it was just definitely not the time to start filling our rainy day fund. Uh, I, I could not agree more. Uh, Tammy, we have to cut to a quick break, but if anyone wants information about your campaign, uh, where's a great place to get it? TammyVasquez.com. It's T-A-M-M-Y-V-A-S-Q-U-E-Z.com. Perfect. And we're going to have that information on Tampa Offshore Fishing on Facebook as well. Tammy, thank you for bringing that all to our attention, and thank you for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. You yes, have ma'am. a wonderful election season. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Tammy. Best of luck to you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that was certainly eye-opening for Pinellas County voters. Um, Indubitably. You know, well, we're going to go to break. When we come back, Gray and I are going to take a quick break from the politics today and go over something crazy you might have heard if you listened to the Mike Calta show this week. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on one of joy. And now it's time for Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. And we're back. Well, we're back. this is Captain Zach Sturm and Gray Birchill. What's going on? I don't know, dude. It's been a pretty scary Halloween show. We're getting to talk to the potential lawmakers. You know, kind of get an idea of where they stand on the issues that are important to you all at home. This is fantastic. You, you know, the funniest thing is, Gray, is we've had the opportunity. A big shout out to all of our listeners on The Bone. We love y'all. We love that we are starting your morning out, that you take the time to listen to us, not only talk about fishing. You know, it's not just having a hook in the water and dangling around like, you know, we're going to talk about in a little bit. But, you know, really between the way that the tourism industries and the hospitality industries are all intertwined in the Bay Area. Yep. You know, we take pride in the fact that we can use our social media influence, our radio influence and really get some accountability for you all at home that, you know, otherwise you may not be able to fill out a survey or you know, directly talk to a lot of these politicians and stuff. And we're, we're thankful to have that opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, the other thing, of course, that's really important about it is without the voices of fishermen, we don't have the, we don't have the ability to, to manage the fishery the way fishermen see fit. And it would all come from top down. And that's, that's scary to me. That freaks me out. I just, you know, I could like have like wake up, like have a nightmare, have nightmares from it. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's so much that goes into fishing. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of, it's a lot of dedication, especially if you get good at it. And, um, you know, it's not something that you're going to get good at overnight. It takes experience and it isn't just about that. It's also about experience on the water and safety and boating and maintaining a boat. And, and, you know, and if you fish from shore, knowing where to fish from shore, that's it's a, you know, a good spot and everything like that, but in the right rigs and being attractive to the fish, 
So there's just so much skill that goes into it. It's kind of funny. We've uh, kind of just, we listen to other radio shows and stuff like that. And we we actually overheard one. Uh, oh, you're talking about Calta? Yeah. So we actually overheard one <laughs> so, where they were, they, yeah. they got a caller that, that made it sound so, really easy. So can, can we hold up? Can we pull up that clip? Yeah, we're going to pull up that clip. We were... Uh, uh, the Mike Calta show the other day, there was a, a caller that called in. Uh, she was very concerned that there were going to be any election day scuffles. Yeah. And long story short. Uh, yeah. I, and and <laughs> I think, I think she's going to yeah. get a text if that happens. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to ask if that happened, but, right. but no, um, it was really funny because apparently the, there are stupid fishing shows on yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Everybody got a, a bit of a laugh about it. Hold on. Let, let's go ahead and show you guys the clip. Uh, all right, Carmen, back to you. Yes. I need you to address Donna on line one. Okay. Uh, all right, answer the phone. Donna, good morning. You're on the Mike Caltus Show. How are you? Oh, good morning. Yeah, I'm just very, very upset about y'all taking Thursday and fr- Thursday and Friday off. I mean, this is just the most important time ever, you know, about the election, all the news, all the scuffles that are going on. on <laughs> scuffles. Voting, I know. Donna, voting. can I ask you a question? And I'm being absolutely serious. What do you think we're going to tell you Thursday or Friday that you don't know now or won't know Monday? Just the scuffles that are happening. Scuffles. Um, early voting places. Watch the WWE. you 
win the poker game and stuff. But it really, it really is a skill set that you don't realize until you are standing next to somebody who's a professional fisherman and they're pulling in all these fish and you're just standing there with your hook in the water yeah. and nothing's happening. She's kind of right, though. If you just want to get a fish, you put it in the water. That's a major thing. Hook in the water. What's your thought on that? Well, dude, I mean, you know, I get it. You know, a lot of people don't know about fishing and a lot of people don't care about it and all that kind of stuff, but it's a lot more than just putting a hook in the water. Um, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carmen mean, talking about the knots, that kind of cracked me yeah, up. I mean, yeah. Carmen, if you ever want us to teach you how to tie a knot, we're, you're more than welcome to come out on the boat hey. with us. Hey, that goes for the whole the whole Mike Calta show. Anytime those guys want to come out, uh, we will, we'll show them that there's a little bit more to it than sticking a hook in the water. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that, that cracks me up. We have such characters. right knot might save your life one day. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, we have such characters on the bone <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're, we're super happy that a lot of you guys, you know, tune in and everything. And big shout out to Ryan Hoppy. Ryan Hoppy has been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of attention on the Mike Calta show lately. He does good stuff. You know, he's a good dude. He works really hard and, uh, I'm he's coming up it. in the world of radio, is, man. The is. hoppy hour, uh, check out his podcast. It's kind of crazy. Hoppy's kind of crazy, but we yeah, love him. You know, crazy. he's a great board op and uh friend of ours. And yeah, he, you know, it's just so funny when I, I, I totally get it, you know, from a certain aspect. Um, a lot of people don't understand fishing. I mean, clearly a lot of you, most of you, I'm sure that listen to this show, you guys are experienced anglers and, you know, you know, the, the ups and downs, the ins and outs of fishing. Uh, however, there is a lot more to it than just that. And that being said, I think that we're kind of a, uh, we're not exactly your grandfather's fishing show. You know, we're not, we're not here just to talk about, Hey, it's Sunday. The red fish are biting on the flats. You're going to have that stuff puts me to sleep. We're on the bone. I mean, we we appreciate you guys starting the morning with us every day on Saturday. We may be the fishing show, but that's why we try to get top tier politicians. We have another fantastic guest on coming up here and we just continue to. I don't know, Gray. It's it's pretty awesome that we you know have the ability to do this. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. But yeah, like we continue to expand our reach to different issues and things like that that also come back into fishing and are related to fishing. Well, because usually people are kind of like, how influential are morning shows? They're not exactly right. changing policy, you know. And we have fantastic shows. Thing. Yeah. And it's entertainment, and at the same time. We want to be able to not only just entertain you guys, but we want to actually get stuff done objectively in the real world. Yeah. And we, we appreciate the Mike Calta show for giving us a, a shout out there with us having politicians on and stuff. We appreciate those guys and we love their show. The 1025 The Bone wouldn't be the same without Mike Calta show. So I'll say something to Donna, though. You know, she's got a good point about the election stuff. One of the things that's been going on, I've had a couple friends tell me, and, and we actually talked about this the other day, she was going to vote. And she was concerned because she didn't think she could. It's a coworker of mine. Right. And she was, she was like, I, you know, I don't know what to do because I got this letter saying that I'm, my voter registration is incomplete. So I was like, look, 
when I moved down here from Jacksonville, I just made a quick phone call to the supervisor of elections office. Sure. It's easy. Literally in five minutes, I changed my precinct to, uh, to down here so I could vote. It was no big deal. It's not a hassle. They, they no. spend a lot of money to do this. Do not yeah. be, I don't care whether you're voting Democrat, Republican. I want every single one of you guys to get up off your ass and vote in this election exactly because it's important and you can never, you do not have the, you don't deserve to complain yep. about anything or have an opinion if you don't use your constitutional right as an American citizen to vote. Yeah. And, and what, what I'm kind of getting to is just make sure that you don't just give up, right? Like you got a bad piece of mail that says that you can't do it. Who knows where that came from? Exactly. The supervisor of elections. Uh, a lot of office, that stuff's fraudulent too. Well, there, there's, say, there's a lot of she's people like, that I don't been, even know yeah. where that letter came from, which oh, yeah, is kind of scary. Right? right. So that means that there could be somebody out there just sending these things to people that would possibly vote in order to suppress them from voting. So just make sure that you dig and find out what's going on. If you, if you haven't have trouble with your registration, just so you have the opportunity, like Zach said. So, so now you can, now you can complain. Right now, you got the right to complain because you voted. Every single one of you listening to this show, you are powerful. Your opinion matters, and you got to get out there. You got to get to the polls, and you got to give that opinion. And we always ask that you know, if you ever have a concern about the fishery that you either don't want to ask yourself, or you just don't have the connections to speak with the right people you'd like to, we are more than happy to either field that question for you or try to get you in touch with the decision makers that we rub shoulders with that can get you an answer for that question. Because at the end of the day, this is our show. You are our listeners and we appreciate every single one of you. You know, so that being said, we absolutely love the fact that we're able to have two awesome guests coming up. Great. We've got Charlie Crist, former governor of Florida, current congressman running to get reelected in the 13th district, which is pretty much St. Pete in the surrounding area. And we have Anna Paulina Luna, the newcomer that's challenging him to take that 13th congressional seat in that district. Um, this is, this is pretty wild, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, with a race like this, that's been going on this year. And of course this year, just in general, politically has been, you know, it's been crazy. Uh, and we're, we're trying to keep it relative relevant to the fishery as much as we possibly can, because yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about for us. Um, and we want you guys at home or in your car, loading up your boat, whatever it is that you're doing today, uh, you know, to listen in and pick the right candidate. And we want y'all to be involved in this process because yeah, we, it's important. Unfortunately, it's important ignorance important is no longer really, like I was saying before, you cast a vote based upon policy and yep. that's just the way it goes. But to thank you guys for it, we talked about this and we teased it on social media. We're going to be doing a Bubble Blade giveaway at the end of this show. So you have to listen. But when we tell you to call in, you're going to have to say Bubba Blade 33. Ooh, Bubba Blade 33. So make sure you remember that. Bubba Blade 33. Bubba right. Blade 33. Bubba Blade 33. We said it multiple times. You got to say that when you talk to Ryan Hoppy and the fifth caller, caller number five, is going to win that Bubba Blade. So that'll try be fun. one more time. Ooh, yeah. Bubba Blade 33. Gray's on it with the ooh, yeahs today. Hey, I can do it. Hang on. Macho Man Randy Savage, check this out. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, Bubba Blade 33. <laughs> so, How was that? I mean, I feel like that was pretty good macho man. I think that's awesome. I was in for Halloween one time. Were you really? Yeah, it was a it was great. Dude. It was great. Well, um, I am I learned something new every day yeah. on this show, guys. I you know, I'm sure. My you buddy do. was Hulk Hogan and like it was it was it got kind of rowdy. Well, awesome. Well, on that note, guys, uh Bubba Blade 33 is what you're gonna say. 
But first, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we return, we're going to have Congressman Charlie Chris, the former governor of Florida, and we're going to ask him some questions about policy and also talk a little bit about fishing. Gray and I will be right back after the break. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. This is Captain Zach Sturm and Gray Birchall. Hey, how are y'all doing? And we have a special guest returning to the show, former governor of Florida and current congressman running to take his seat and keep it in the 13th District, Congressman Charlie Chris. Charlie, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we, we, we know that you've been out there on the campaign trail, and it's really getting down to the wire. It's I bet it's pretty busy, huh? It's remarkable, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's unique this year because of this uh, virus, obviously. And so the events that you do, you know, everybody has to be appropriately social distance, you know, wearing masks and just being smart and respectful and, and cautious. And, you know, but given that, there's still an awful lot to do. And uh, last night I actually was with Vice President Biden uh, over in Tampa at the state fairgrounds. I think it was his second stop in Florida yesterday. And very interesting. I mean, so both uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump were in Tampa Bay yesterday. We, we sort of have become the center of the political universe. That's pretty crazy, um, isn't it? <laughs> this, this race it was pretty remarkable to have all that attention right here at home. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we saw the, the Trump rally. Um, tons of people showed up. Uh, I saw that they were having to spray people with fire hoses because they were it was so hot. I saw that on the yeah, I saw that on the morning news um, and, and just unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen that before. But, you know, today it's a, a few degrees cooler and a lot less humid. It's pretty sweet. Absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today, and we know that a lot of listeners out there haven't cast their ballots yet, and you know we really appreciate, again, the fact that you and Anna Paulina Luna have taken the time to come on the show and actually care enough about the outdoors people and the fishermen and boaters you know, to answer these questions. And the question that we have for you is, um, share in your own words how you'll be the best candidate for outdoors enthusiasts in the Tampa Bay area. Well, I think it comes down to experience, Zach. Um, you know, having grown up here, I mean, this is home for me. Listen, I, you know, born in Pennsylvania, moved to St. Pete, Florida when I was three years old. So I've been here, you know, over 60 years, right. <laughs> which is amazing to me. But um, at any rate, I love it. It's home. It's, uh, I grew up on the water. I remember my first boat, um, I don't know if you'll even recognize the, the brand, was an Orlando Clipper. It was a 14-foot uh, boat. I had an 18 18- uh, horsepower Evinrude, you know, the kind where you sit on the back seat, uh, of the boat, and you, you drive with one hand. Yeah. On just a tiller. Yeah. So I had a tiller. You know That's cool. We, yeah. We've all, um, we've all started cool. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean, and, and since then now I have uh, a trophy, it's a 25 foot boat. Uh, and I just had to get a new Mercury on it, uh, a 350, which is, it's so quiet and so powerful. It's frightening, but it's wonderful. I bet that 350 and, uh, moves that thing pretty good for 25 for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was saying uh, he bets the uh, 350 moves that boat pretty good. It does. Um, you know, it may be the fastest boat I've ever had, and, you know, speed isn't something I really need. But um, at any rate, you can get down to Boca Grande pretty quickly with that. But, uh, you know, going out and going fishing, 
and understanding, you know, how fishermen and fisherwomen feel. Uh, I think that's important, um, you know, that you're cognizant of being co- a conservationist and trying to save, you know, our, our fisheries for the future, for our, our kids and our grandchildren. Um, I think that's important. I used to be a member of FCA, uh, Florida Conservationist Association, and, you know, I just think all those experiences really give you a benefit in terms of what people who care about being able to catch snook and redfish and, you know, Spanish mackerel and kings and all of that. Um, it, it's just, you know, I, I think a real benefit to know all that. I really thank my father for teaching me how to fish. What's, uh, what, what was the first fish you remember catching with your father? Uh, a king, actually. A king? Um, wow. That's way, that's way yeah, to start we out. Were, <laughs> It was it was amazing. It, it, there were several of them. Um, we were about twelve miles out in the Gulf. Uh, he had a glass bar, seventeen foot glass bar with a Johnson on it, and so we're out there uh, with a few other friends, and it had a, we called the Whistler, and we got into some kings that day that just were amazing, um, and they just you know as soon as you would put uh, you know the white bait in the water, they were hitting it, and you know they, it was like a feeding frenzy kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. We we probably caught twelve of them, and you know this is back in the '60s, mind you. So at any rate, uh, that was that was an amazing experience. And and I got to share with you this last weekend, I had about one hour free, so I got out on the boat and was just south of Fort DeSoto uh-huh. uh, waters there. You know, kind of getting close to Egmont. Yeah. Not quite there. And I, they were either uh, Spanish mackerel or kings, and. So the birds are hitting the bait from above, and every once in a while you could see, a, you know, a fish rolling from the bottom coming at them. I mean, yeah. I felt sorry for the bait, but it was a school that just went along for almost half a mile. I mean, it was, I hadn't seen that in a very long time, and it just, you know, made my heart sing to see that kind of, you know, comeback of, uh, of the fishery stock and in our own bay waters. Just beautiful, beautiful. The qu- question is, did you catch one? <laughs> No, I didn't. You know, that that's a great question. Um, so uh, I had two rods on the boat, um, both of which had the uh, monofilament uh, cut. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Bad experience with a fish. So <laughs> I didn't have the equipment. I needed to give it a shot. And uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to try to do that after Tuesday. Uh, and the selection is in the rearview mirror. So well, that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun though. Well, you know, we appreciate you, you know, coming on the show and you're always welcome to uh, fish with us anytime you like, you know, regardless of the outcome of this election, I know you're going to be busy if you win re-election. Um, but you know, if not either way, we hope that, uh, we can get out on the water with you sometime. Yeah. Let's carve out some time. I- I'd love to do it with you guys. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun and, uh, really enjoy being on the show, uh, now and, and the previous time you guys are gentlemen and, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, there's so much in this political season that is uh, a little on the coarse side, if you will. Oh, and, for, for sure. You know, I was raised on the golden rule to do unto others as you would have done unto you. And you guys have done that for me, and I'm, I'm grateful to you. God bless. Well, we, you know, we certainly appreciate that. And, you know, w- with this election, the way that we try to look at it, Congressman, is whether, you know. Just call me Charlie. Please. Okay, Just call Char- me Charlie. Charlie, well, really? we. We, we try to be as respectful as we can, too. You know, I'm, I'm from Northeast Iowa originally, and, uh, you know, Gray has a background where we try to look at it. So when we're doing our job, we want to be unbiased so that our Republican and Democrat listeners can get, you know, the best information. Because the nice thing about it is we've been able to act sure. as an advocate. Um, the 
one thing that, you know, has kind of been, been really crazy in this election is there's a lot of information, disinformation, and, you know, we're not getting a very, I don't think we're getting a, a we're not a looking clear, at the a clear picture. Yeah. <clears throat> and and that's one of the most troubling yeah. things yeah, about this election. It is hard uh, to know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, you know we'll we'll definitely you know take you up on that, and it'd be great to fish with you sometime. We'll we'll show you kind of how uh, Tampa offshore fishing does it, and Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. But uh, one more thing that you know we, that'd be great. You know, go ahead. You can show me from a captain's perspective. You're much better <laughs> and more skilled than I. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> hey, the the other thing I've learned is it's always better to be lucky than good, and I think that my skills definitely are on the luck side rather than the good side. There's a there's a lot of, uh, ca- you know, that's one thing I want to mention. There's a lot of charter captains in the Tampa Bay area, uh, Charlie, that are really yeah. worried. We talked about the water quality and everything last time you were on the show. And, uh, we did, yes, you yes. know, that's one thing that I definitely would like to see should you get elected as, you know, as somebody that, you know, works in St. Pete and, you know, lives and just lives off of Tampa Bay. You know, I, yeah. we and these charter captains, it's very important to us that the tourism industry, you know, um, what steps is uh, Congress taking right now to make sure that we can, you know, kind of safely open up and get these guys so that business is booming because it's all, you know, between hospitality and, you know, the fish markets themselves and the tourism, it's all kind of intertwined. We got a lot of people worried right now. And I think with, you know, all the misinformation, you know, now that we have a sitting member of Congress on the show, it'd be nice to hear yeah. like, you know, what are you guys kind of thinking about to, to make something happen to improve this? Uh, well, you know, I think I could probably cite something that I did uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, NOAA, which the National o- Oceanic um, yes, Administration uh, has a big influence in everything that deals with the water and other things, uh, obviously. But, you know, ocean is their middle name, if you will. I was able to double, um, you know, I'm on the Appropriations Committee, which is the committee that, you know, appropriates the funds to get things done that are good, hopefully. But hopefully. I was able to double NOAA's budget to address harmful algae blooms like red tide from $5 million to $10 million. And this year, I was able to, again, increase that funding for that program to address, you know, what's been a real problem around here, uh, another 40% to up to now $14 million. And it's just that, and you know, I did it on a bipartisan basis, uh, along with Bill Posey, who's from the east coast of Florida. And, you know, we're sponsoring what's called uh, the... Uh, Prevent Harmful Algae Blooms Act, and that would direct NOAA to establish centers of excellence in harmful algae blooms so we can better research, prevent, respond to, and mitigate outbreaks in the future of our state. So, you you know, know, I think being bipartisan, doing what's right for Florida, and and having the uh, advantage of being on the Appropriations Committee and being able to direct those funds in a responsible way uh, is exactly what Congress needs to keep doing and... uh, you know, I hope if your listeners are, are have not voted yet, I would I would ask respectfully for their vote because uh, I'll keep doing that kind of thing because I I love my home and and I love Florida. Well, you can I can understand that completely. You know, we we all certainly do love it. Uh, one thing that I I had a question about as far as appropriations and you know that's wonderful to see Noah's budget you know getting larger um, as you had mentioned. Uh, one thing that I've noticed that we need a lot. Congress appropriates monies that the Gulf of Mexico Fisheries Management Council 
and the South Atlantic Fisheries Management Council use to fund science and research to essentially make the bag limit laws. And you're familiar with those, you know, just how many fish you can keep and such. And one thing yep. after talking to a lot of those scientists, you know, uh, I see that they're, they're really a lot is put on their shoulders because they essentially have to use a small amount of money to do a lot of science that's going to affect a lot of people. And I'm wondering, is that yeah. something that Congress in the future can appropriate more money towards those scientists so that the data collection and research can be more accurate? Because I think it, I think the fishery, you know, is going to have be profoundly affected by it. Oh, there's no question about that, Zach. Sure. I mean, you know, each and every year we have to uh, prepare the appropriations bill and make decisions about, you know, how much is going to go out of this, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars that uh, Congress uh, really holds the purse strings for in Washington. And that's one of the important parts of the separation of powers, obviously, between the executive, the judicial, uh, and, and the legislative branch. And so I think that, you know, going forward, you know, those funds in each and every agency can be reduced or increased. And, you know, it's being a Floridian, uh, from my perspective, I don't think there's enough we can do to protect uh, our environment and, and make sure it, it's good for, for fish and turtles and porpoise and everything. Um, because let, let's face it, you know, we're known as the fishing capital of the world, guys. And you know how important that industry is to our state. Personally, you know. Yes, sir. And, and I do, too. And so, you know, making sure that we keep our waters clean and protected and our good conservationists in the spirit of Teddy Roosevelt, uh, I think, is, is paramount to Florida's future. Because as I've said many times in the past, Florida's economy is inextricably linked with the environment in the Sunshine State. And Certainly. so making sure we have the appropriate funds to protect her. You know, Florida's the most beautiful place in the world, I think. Um, you know, we have an obligation. And I feel like as a member of Congress from Florida, I have a deep obligation uh, to protect our state and continue uh, robust funding for research and keeping our uh, our bay and our golf clean. Ab- absolutely. And uh, and we certainly appreciate that. You know, one, one thing that I wanted to add in um, I'm not sure if any programs exist currently or if one can be developed, but those of us that have lots of outreach in the fishing community, you had mentioned a yep. bipartisan bill that was passed. And I understand just because a bill passes the House, it doesn't necessarily make it a law. Um, what my question right. is, is there a way that we can be informed of these type of bills that should be bipartisan because of their nature and as, as fishermen, regardless of who our elected officials are, kind of nudge them in the way of, hey, you know, this is a good thing. You guys should take it sort of issue just for the, the betterment of Tampa Bay in general in the fishery. Yeah. You know, um, well, listen, so in, in St. Petersburg, we have offices here, uh, one in downtown St. Pete. We have another one on the south side and another one out in Seminole at the St. Pete College uh, campus there. And, you know, just call our office if, if, you know, any of your listeners have an idea about something we need to be, you know, pushing forward. Uh, And the number is simple. It's uh, 727-318-6770. And I think I gave out my cell phone on the last call we had. That's that's 727-804-8035. You know, and just give me a call, whatever, you know, your listener may be listeners may be more comfortable with, but either are fine with me. 
and and I, and I do that, uh, Zach, because you know when you're a public servant, um, you guys that I'm talking to today, and the people listening that are in at least Pinellas County or most of it are literally my boss. And so you know you, you pay me. I'm grateful, and I want to work hard for you. And uh, you know that's why I give out my personal cell. And any ideas that you know come to uh, you or one of your listeners, uh, please, please don't hesitate to call. It's what it's what we're here for. It's what I'm here to do. Thank you, Congressman. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, what, for any undecided voter or anybody that wants information about your campaign, where can they go to get more information? You know, I think the easiest place is our campaign website. It's just uh, myname.com, charliechrist.com. Um, or if they need more information and want to call me, feel free to do that, too. Perfect. Well, Charlie, we wish you luck in the upcoming election, and we look forward to getting on that fishing trip soon. That'd be a blast. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. God bless you, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. Don't touch that dial, Tampa Bay. When we get back, we'll have Charlie's opponent, Anna Paulina Luna, right after these messages. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone. Now, back to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone. Guys, welcome back and happy Halloween. We have had a good show today. I want to thank everybody for coming on. Right now, we have a special guest, Charlie Chris's opponent, Anna Paulina Luna. She's running for the congressional seat in the 13th District, which St. Pete is a part of and much of the surrounding area. Anna, how are you doing this morning? I'm okay. I'm actually at the Pulse, so I'm coming to you live right from the Pulse here in Pinellas County. That's awesome. Well, hey, I, you know, I wanted to uh, ask you a couple of questions. We have had a lot of crazy stuff going on lately. One thing that I definitely wanted to ask you, but, uh, if they don't know you, let them get to know you. So my name is Anna Paulina Luna. I am a United States Air Force veteran, and I am running for Congress against uh, the current incumbent, Charlie Craig. I am funded by dollars, not special interest, and I can tell you that I am definitely the type of person that doesn't talk about things. I actually get them done. You can actually look at my track record, but I got out of the military about two and a half years ago, and I can tell you right now, every single vote counts. This is going to be determined on how many people show up to the polls, so I need your vote, but I'm very excited about this race. I'm big on school choice, lowering taxes, and keeping big government out of your pocketbooks and personalized. And I am also for reforming the uh, the veterans disability rating process because as of right now, it is upside down and backwards. It's good to have you on the show, and thank you for that. It'll lead us into our first question, and Anna, that is, what makes you the best congressional candidate for our local fishermen, boaters, and outdoors people? So I can tell you first and foremost, I'm actually the only one that has actually met with my fishing coalition more than just once since I've been elected. Um, I'm obviously not even in office yet, and I have a great group of advisors. I'm, you know, I'm not a professional fisherman, but I can tell you that I do tend to listen to people that know a little bit more, especially on topics like that. So um, I'm a person, when I say something, I genuinely meet it. And in addition to that, you know, I will say that my opponent has been known to not show up to things. In fact, this past week, he had actually scheduled something with the NAACP and myself. It was a panel discussion. And just like he refused to have a debate, he actually did it so he canceled two minutes prior to our actual panel. 
and it turns out that he was at Punky's at a bar for brunch during this time while I was talking about different issues affecting the black community. So I'm not that person. Um, even sometimes when it means talking to people who might have conflicting ideas, I'm there to reopen discussion. I'm not controlled by special interests. And frankly, I haven't been in office for 33 years. So we need change. I need your vote. And we need to get him out. Okay. The, the next question that I have is going to be in regards to your fishing experience. Can you share with the listeners what one of your favorite fishing experiences has been personally? <laughs> so I think I told this one last time, but, um, you know, my friend Grant likes to fish a lot off of his dock and some all out there. And um, obviously it's not snook season right now, so he kept putting out bait, and the only thing he was catching was uh, catfish. And so he caught one of those catfish, and he <laughs> literally went to get the hook out, and all of these worms, like, poured out onto his hand, and he started screaming like a little girl. So I started cracking up. <laughs> I've honestly, like, never laughed so hard in my life. And then he ends up, you know, throwing the catfish back in the water, but literally had worms on him. And ever since that point, um, I could not get the visual out of my head. That was probably one of the funniest fishing stories I have. I would have screamed like a little girl, too. I, <laughs> I, if you shot worms all over me, I mean, that's like the last thing that I could imagine would happen. Uh, I wonder where he ate them. It was brutal. Yeah. yeah. That sounds really bad. Well, I think you definitely, that that's definitely an interesting, you know, story. Uh, you know, I want, I want to ask you a question. It, it's pretty important. You may or may not know, but in addition to our radio show, we have Tampa Offshore Fishing on Facebook, which is a Facebook group where anglers get together, they share ideas and share tips and tricks and kind of get entertainment on demand. Well, we're one of the largest in the country. And with that being said, we're a bit worried about what we're seeing, especially with the Senate. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Jack Dorsey, among others, were in there. And, you know, we're not wanting to see any type of censorship, people based upon who they voted for. Uh, you know, that's going to be a topic, I'm sure, that comes up. Would you be elected? You know, what what do you feel about that? What's your stance and what could you do as a um, representative in Congress to combat that make social media equal for all? So I'm actually already combating that, and I'm not even elected yet. In fact, um, I just filed recently an FEC complaint, which is with the you know, elect- Elections Commission, the Federal Elections Commission, against Twitter for interference in this election here in Florida 13 against that Senate Charlie Chris. Um, as of right now, we are seeing big tech censorship, and what people don't understand is it's not about just verification. Um, what's happening right now is if you do post stuff, even if it's factual, and they don't want you to post it, you'll either have your IP address flagged and you'll be kicked off of social media. And we're in the instance of congressional campaigns. So they actually mess with the algorithm to suppress your information or to even suppress the fact that there's a race going on. So my case will be going to the Supreme Court. The reason why I filed is because right now what we're seeing is like you're talking about, we're seeing big tech getting away with essentially suppressing free speech. So our case is basically citing Twitter as, making an illegal corporate donation to my opponent. And frankly, the fact that more congressmen on both sides aren't talking about this is very alarming. Same with the Senate. And I think Matt Gates said it best, that you have to follow the money that they're taking. So when these people take money from special interest groups that are protecting big tech, that's why the rest of us are really suffering from that. And I'm not for that. So I'm already handling that right now. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's certainly a nice thing to hear. Well, one thing we had talked about when we spoke with Congressman Charlie Crist, he had spoke about his place on the Appropriations Committee and, you know, the ability to give more monies where they're needed uh, in regards to we feel that the Gulf Council, which has FWRI and, and NOAA all working together, we believe that they need more funding for 
you know, just better research to make sure that the red snapper population is studied on a more accurate level, as well as the possibility mm-hmm. of harvest on species such as Goliath grouper that are eating other fish and taking the populations down. Would you yeah. be able to help with that if you were elected to Congress? And is that something that would be important to you to change? And would you have I any mean, ideas yeah. for that? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, I like I said, I've actually met with our fishing coalition mo- multiple times. And also, too, my ad is you can't just throw money at something and expect it to fix the problem. What my concern is, why is you know this current congressman not bringing you guys up to Washington, D.C.? Why is he not co-sponsoring legislation with you guys? And secondly, you know, aside from the money aspect, what people don't understand is that the natural habitat of fish, like the nurseries, are basically impacted by development. For example, the lack of mangroves that we have currently here in Pinellas County. I mean, you are going to see a decline in the population. Why are we spending millions of dollars when that's common sense? You need to ask the fishermen what they need for the community to help their entire industry. And frankly, these people, you guys, are out every single day fishing. I'm not. And it would be completely backwards to say otherwise. So I'm not going to sit here and, you know, pull your leg. Um, You absolutely need to get more fishermen involved with sponsoring the legislation in D.C. And it's not about money. It's about experience. You know, I I certainly agree with that. And I'll have to add that we, especially with our Tampa Offshore Fishing Platform, you know, we don't get the experience of just, you know, an individual's day out on the water, which we do through experience, but or not just one charter company. We get everyone on there and we get to see all of their results and i certainly think that that's something that we could voluntarily offer to lawmakers so that they have access to this information because we can oversee pretty much what the whole industry is doing at any given time from the rec side to the charter side this fishery is such an important part of our local economy anna we want to make sure that it not only thrives, but, you know, continues to do so after we're gone for generations to come. And Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous to think that, you know, one congressman would know everything. But the thing is, is what you have to rely on is people that have gone through it, people that are part of the industry, people that know the laws, know the fish that we're talking about. That's all something that can be taken into account. And there's no reason or excuse for why someone couldn't bring actual fishermen to co-sponsor legislation or to write legislation that they put into into law up in Washington, D.C., sure. especially if you're in Florida. Sure. I, well, I, I certainly do like that idea. I think that that certainly gives lens credibility and allowing the people that actually have the information. You know, it, it, it's uh, the transparency thing is, I think, what a lot of the listeners and Gray and myself are concerned with. We had just, just spoke with Tammy Vasquez um, and learned that Pinellas County, apparently they voted for a property tax increase during the pandemic and nobody knew it was coming. And that kind of brings it back. And and we touched on it with Charlie Christ earlier too. The transparency, I think, is the biggest issue. But back to our discussion with Tammy, a lot of these things, these decisions seem to be made overnight. Um, They use the newspapers and essentially they could spend that money and reach a whole lot more people on social media or in more modern methods. Exactly. Not, you know, it's like, why are and, they not doing they, that? How can that be changed? Make, make no mistake. If you want limited government, if you want government to not be able to tell you what you can and cannot do on your fishing boat or with your family, do not vote for someone like Charlie Chris. He votes 99% of the time with Nancy Pelosi. He's been every single party. And in addition to that, he doesn't actually fish, okay? Like you guys might think he does, but the guy spends more time taking photos with people saying that he does things when he actually doesn't look at his record. So I ask that you guys genuinely consider what is the best for your community. And if you think it's me, give me a tryout. You guys have a teacher 
guaranteed warranty. <laughs> Maybe that's how long the elections are. And if you don't like me, vote me out. But I ask for your vote. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, for transparency to the listeners, if you don't mind asking, how do you feel about term limits now that we're on that subject? I have actually, yeah, I've actually already signed a term limit pledge and I have a very good suggestion that, you know, Congress is broken. There is no question about that. And that's because you have career politicians on both sides. You know, I'm not a sociopath. I don't ever want to do this for more than 10 years. And I can tell you that you deal with so much on a regular basis just because you're fighting for what's right, which is the constitution. And I can tell you that, you know, I do have a family. I love not having to travel. And so I'm doing this because I believe it's a public service, but I don't want to do it forever. And that's why I'm for term limits. Well, uh, we're, we're happy to hear that. Person, In my personal opinion, I, you know, I like the idea of term limits just because it almost kind of challenges people, I feel, in a way to get things done and, you know, kind of build that legacy. And, you know, again, I don't, I'm not yes. a politician. I don't know much about politics, but that's the way I personally feel well, about I'll it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Charlie Chris has been in office for 33 years. That is way too long and that does not have, to be honest with you, a lot to show for it. So you guys have a decision to make, and I hope it's the right one with me. Well, Anna, we uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, let me ask you if the listeners want any information about your campaign, uh, what's a good place for them to visit? You guys can head over to voteonapolina.com or head over to any of my social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. At Real Anna Paulina. Okay, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Our listeners, I'm sure I can say, are very thankful as well that the congressional candidates that are, you know, running to make laws that affect them directly, you know, I'm sure they're appreciative of you taking the time out of your day. I know you guys are busy. Well, thank you so much. And it's getting a little bit loud at the polls here, so I'm going to hop off, but we'll talk soon. Okay, guys? Perfect. Uh, good luck in your race. Thanks. All right. Thank yes, you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Bye. That was Anna Paulina Luna running for the congressional seat in the 13th district, which is those of you in St. Pete and the surrounding area there. So, man, great. That was an awesome show. Yeah, we covered a lot of stuff today and it was good to hear from uh, all the all the people that could be affecting, you know, how we live our lives in St. Pete, Tampa and, you know, the surrounding areas. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is a lot of times, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners feel the same way. We're so busy doing what we love, you know, essentially fishing and, you know, spending time with our friends and family. You know, a lot of this stuff, it's kind of crazy that it's not more widely shared as far as policies and information and stuff like that. I mean, when Tammy Vasquez had brought up, you know, the whole thing about all of the commissioners, including Charlie Justice that she's running against, voted for a raise of that property tax in Pinellas County during a pandemic, you're like, I had no idea, you know? It's too bad that so many things like this are kept under wraps, like you said, and uh, it's painful for people to find out later on that they weren't a part of the process because they would have they would have given input to their county commissioner about wanting property taxes to increase for a certain for for a certain uh, sector of of expense that you possibly have in the area. But they didn't get that chance. So that's really unfortunate. But you know what they are going to get a chance to do? They're going to get a chance to win this Bubba Blade we talked about, right, Zach? No doubt. All right, cool. So, um, you know, we're coming up on a break, but right after that, Hoppy's going to be taking some phone calls, and we're going to make sure that one of y'all get it. We appreciate you guys listening to the show today. It's good to be a part of the process like we talked about, and uh, we want to reward y'all with uh, with a nice giveaway. Absolutely. And, guys, don't forget, we have the Old Salt King of the Beach Tournament coming up here that Gray and myself are going to be hosting 
It's going to be on November 7th. You have until Sunday, tomorrow, November 1st, to get registered and have a chance to win the bean bag, the Bubba Blade gaff, and the custom fish bag. So get that registration in. It's going to be an awesome time. Great. This is a good show. I'm ready to get out of here. Let's do it. All right, guys, give us a call, 727-579-1025 or 800-775-1025. And after this commercial break, Ryan Hoppy is going to get on the phones and give one of you this awesome brand new Bubba Blade. We'll catch you next Saturday. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Tampa Bay Fishing Radio. Presented by Rivard Buick GMC in Tampa. On 102.5 The Bone.